You're listening to Triple Radio on the Fat Gatsby Network. There we go. We are rolling. Both tracks are rolling. Everything's rolling. All right. We are rolling. rolling. We are rolling. We are ready to go for the... (laughs) My God. Uh The uh, extra extra Fat Gatsby blank of the year awards that we've uh-huh. been doing since uh, when did Speed Racer come out? That oh, was wait. the first one we did, right? Oh, wait. Really? 15, 15, 15 yeah, years. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's our Quintanera. Yep. That's, yep. that's right. That's how we oh, dated, boy. huh? From the Mikowski Speed Racer. That's, that's oh, our. Yeah, I remember it's it's easy day. to remember. Yeah. That was like the the third or fourth episode, second or yeah, it was one of the first episodes of the original Extra yeah. Studios podcast. Wow. That is where we and mark then, our Gregorian calendar from. That is our yeah. Year one. Hey, mm-hmm. What was it? Yeah, I saw something just then. Oh, oh you I saw just, it too. Okay, so yeah. it wasn't oh, just shit. me. What the fuck? What just wasn't happened? me seeing Hereditary Flash? There was no, there I, was just like something happened to so, so, Yeah. Th- oh man, yeah. we're not no, haunted on our fifteenth anniversary. Now I'm be watching out for that. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is Tim. That's Dave. That's Weiss. <laughs> hey, I was just reminded that I think this webcam is starting to go. Oh, great. Ooh, I have a new spooky. webcam here in this box <gasps> oh. that I have forgotten to hook up. <laughs> that's fine. Wow. I haven't dealt with the external webcam in a long time at this point. Yeah, I don't remember what I was doing. Yeah, I, I was on like a Zoom call like almost two weeks ago now, and I was just like looking at my video. I'm like, oh, that's kind of messed up. Just like there was mm. glitching and such. And, uh, you know, immediately just ordered another webcam. Got it like the next day, because that's one of the things that Amazon will get you the next day. Yeah. Um, they got webcams up the ass. Yep, and it's, the just warehouse. Sitting, it's just sit, been sitting right there and me forgetting to actually go back there and plug it in. And now I'm just like, this was the reason why, because I'm like, oh, blank of the year is coming. I want to make sure the camera's good. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Thanks for doing the prep work for uh, yeah. <laughs> making sure everything's ready here. Most um, of us, yeah. Yeah, but no, yeah. we've been preparing in other ways. We've all been making our lists and checking them twice. And I've I've been reshuffling a few things since I made my list. Although I will say that, you know, I, I'm the one that asked, could we please do this after Christmas, closer to New Year's, so that I get a little extra time <laughs> to squeeze in a few extra last minute things that I wanted to catch mm-hmm. up at the end of the year. I didn't, I didn't have any time Oh no! To, to catch up on the, yeah, my, my list of ones that got away is still got away mm. too long um, with the stuff that I was not able to catch up on this past week. Um, but so, so, so it goes, so it is, tis, so it is, yeah. tis the season. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty much the same for me is that like, yeah, I've it's actually been a kind of a busy week. Uh, and not a lot of me just sitting around getting to play eh, some getting around, sitting around. I got to finish Baldur's Gate three. So okay, that, that yeah. is something. But as, in terms of starting and or did that getting change to, anything for you in terms of your really. Ordering? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, I didn't get to. I, I, I bought some of the things that I want to play. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> spent but, some money. Yeah, spent some money. On some Steam sale, uh, which I haven't in many years, really. Uh, but having a Steam Deck means I'll probably actually get to playing these games oh. instead of them just sitting. So good for you! Yeah, nice. 
I yeah. this is usually the time of year where I stuck up uh, stock up on uh, Nintendo eShop sales, except I've mm-hmm. still got such a backlog from last year's sale of games that I literally like I bought planning on like, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, I'm going to these are the indie games I'm excited to play. And I just I never did. I just totally here. Didn't. I'll I'll say this. Uh, it's such a very minor thing, but uh, that the Nintendo Switch doesn't have the folder system that the 3DS does keeps me from playing games like <laughs> I'm going through the games that I have on Switch and I'm just less interested because they're not sorted into the ones that I've already played. Mm. Like even even mm-hmm. though they set that up, it doesn't eliminate your main menu. It just oh. gives you more options. <laughs> mm. Well, God damn it. Yeah, I have yeah. never sorted anything to folders on my Switch. Um, yeah. It's just a big yeah. f- fucking huge pile of stuff. Yeah. Well, exactly. So that's, that's the thing is it's every new game just makes it less likely for me to play more of these games yeah yeah and this was a year as has been said many a time this was a goddamn year for video games people boy what it was i barely i played two games (laughs) this year (laughs) one of them was a wrestling game (laughs) so (laughs) i have Um, very little to say about video games this year (laughs) yeah we have a we have a brief list of categories that will take us four hours to get through um <laughs> somehow if, if history uh well we we have a handful of categories and then we we kind of just delve into the our top 10 movies games yeah, of yeah. the year uh and and that'll probably be the bulk of the show yeah. um sure yeah i mean yeah when we started doing this we collectively whoever was on <laughs> the show at the time it was Keeping up with the Joneses uh, a lot better, uh, I would say, mm-hmm. at least in terms of games. Um, yeah, like, well, know, we, we also, were all playing a lot. Yeah, we were all in the same house yeah, <laughs> for too. the most yeah. part, too. Yeah. So, like, if somebody had something, we all played it. Yeah. <laughs> or at really least saw it. If you felt like yeah, you yeah. experienced it by osmosis and, and often right, you right. Know, went to see the same movies together and, and yeah, all that. yeah. And all that stuff, but no, there's a clear line drawn from 2015 moving to Austin, and then <laughs> like <laughs> what we play and what we watch being very different. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, also you know, 2015 marking the year that a child entered my world and I stopped yep. going to the movies. Um, I actually right. saw a decent amount of movies this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll get into it. Uh, but yeah, for, first things first. The first thing we talk about is the category of excuses, which is the ones that got away. Uh, which, yeah, for for Weiss, obviously, is all of the yeah. games that came out this year, except for two oh, of them. <laughs> I mean, my first thing on the list is video games after the PS3, you know, <laughs> for the most part, even on Switch. Um, you know, anything that I list in this category, you guys are probably going to bring up. Uh, Hi-Fi Rush coming out of nowhere. Uh, Zelda as a series, not just uh, a game at this point. I would love to just dive into both of them and try try again. Uh, your Alan Wake, your Cocoon, your Mario, your Karateka. Uh, what, one of the big ones for me was C-Smash VRS. There's a fucking Cosmic Smash oh. uh, VR game out. Oh, uh, yeah. That's supposed that was on... Uh, John Linneman of uh, Digital Foundry's yeah. top 10. So I was happy to see that. 
yeah so there's there's a lot of stuff out there um i really don't see myself catching up unless i get like a game pass or playstation plus at this point Mm -hmm. i feel like that's just the way that people play like even because i was looking at my switch games and i have a lot of switch games but none of them are mario kart or luigi's mansion you know like i still miss a lot of the stuff so there's just a lot of it's just how people play and there's a lot of stuff yeah more uh, stuff now than ever. Any movies you haven't seen yet or haven't gotten to? Yeah. No, I, I so I mean, obviously I listed out way too many and then broke them into categories. Uh but so to do like one out of each so uh comedy. I didn't see Bottoms or Dicks the Musical, but Problemista is the one that I wanted to see the most, which was Julio Torres and Tilda Swinton. Uh, it's like it's an A24 comedy. It played at Fantastic Fest and then disappeared. It's not on streaming yet. Wow. Uh, I don't know what happened right now. Maybe push some buttons, but it's supposed to be pretty good. Um, uh, a lot of horror. Uh, you know, I think the obvious one is Knock at the Cabin, which came out earlier in the year. It's oh, one of those. Yeah. Uh, remember that, that this came out? Yeah. Yeah. It's got our friend Dave in that. Mm-hmm. M. Night's Return. Not me. Uh, their better friend, what? Dave Batista. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's done better, Dave. He's done. Yeah. Yeah. I've only I've only seen I think two movies involving Dave Batista this year. <laughs> right. Uh, documentaries. There's a documentary called The Pigeon Tunnel. That's uh, Errol Morris doing a documentary on uh, like one of the most famous like real life spies. That's supposed to, like a uh, Tinker Taylor soldier spy guy. That's supposed oh, wow. to be good. Cool. There's a John Woo movie under action called Silent Night. Uh, uh, that's yeah. completely silent. It's like 75 minutes. Uh, it's supposed to be really fun. Is that um, on streaming? I don't. I need to check because I only just heard about I've that. seen advertisements for it somewhere. Mm. You just, what I loved uh, was when they were like, it's mind. 75 minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty I'll sweet. check that. Um. What I was hoping was going to come out is uh, The Peasants, which is from the person that made Loving Vincent, i.e. completely animated through, uh, like, stained glass watercolor, like, motion. So it's, I don't care what the movie's about. It's just very, very pretty. Um, And, uh, you know, for your pop stuff, I didn't see the Marvels, and I want to see the Marvels. You know, I uh, have no interest in Quantumania. But I want to see the Marvels at this point. Um, yeah, and plenty of other stuff. You know, I don't think any of us saw the Iron Claw at this point. Yeah, um, people are positive, more positive on it than I expected. So yeah. uh, I want to see that. There's, yeah, plenty of horror stuff. But, you know, that's that's a quick dusting. Word. Pass, yeah. Passes. Yeah. So for me, I oh shit! Yeah, I just oh shit! <laughs> oh, on my uh, foot. First, the webcam goes, and then yeah, then the, the foot breaks, and then the foot falls off, and yeah. then yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, tomorrow night I'm going to be spending like four hours in this chair watching wrestling, so I'll have time to figure out what the fuck is going on. Wait, aren't, uh, you driving to, aren't you yes. driving to sodas tomorrow? Yeah, but we'll be back by paper time. <laughs> and then four hours in the chair. Four hours yeah. in the car, both ways. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, we can only stay out there for so long for four, for dogs. about four hours, right? Your yeah, whole that's life is chronicled yeah. in chunks of four hours. It seems. Yeah, really, that's it's it. pretty good, actually. That's, yeah, it's not bad. It's <laughs> a manageable time. Not bad. Tim, yeah. what got away from you this year? Uh, so, yeah. I mean, for me, it'll probably, I mean, Weiss will be writing my movie list of things that I need to watch as sure. the show goes on. <laughs> and uh, you write my game that. list. That's yeah. how, we, yeah, 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 yeah. No, we both get recommendations from each other. I think this is yeah. more for us <laughs> than it is the audience. <laughs> the recommendation show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, despite the fact that I played uh, a lot of games this year, um, there's also, well, a lot of the games I played were very long, so there's that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I've heard amazing things about Octopath Traveler 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that it's yeah. a big step up from the first one. Have not gotten to play it. It's actually, it is in my Switch right now. Ooh. It is on the deck, but I am I started playing Pikmin 4 instead because mm. uh, I wanted, I didn't want to start another giant RPG. Uh, I've not gotten to play Lies of P, which everyone says is as good as yeah. a Bloodborne game as you're going to get without being Bloodborne. Uh, I barely got to play the Resident Evil 4 remake. Uh, oh, man, it, people love that game. Yeah, that great. it's, it's <laughs> very tough for me to get to horror stuff in this house. Ah, um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that is a yeah. big one that uh, watching lists. I'm, I didn't realize I would be wanting to play it that badly at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I played of it was awesome. It just, yeah. um, just didn't get to play too much of it. Uh, Armored Core 6, I've barely gotten to play that. Th- yeah. These are all things that are going to be in the Johnny Come Lately category next year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I keep hearing good things about Dave the Diver and Dredge, which were conveniently mm-hmm. bundled together on the Steam sale oh. uh, together. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, okay, sure. Um, and Chance of Sinar is another one I really want to play. Uh, I don't know that one. So that is a game. game about learning, like the the gameplay is like learning a language, a made up okay. language. Um, you'd probably be very interested in it. Uh, yeah. and, and I, you know, hear people, uh, touchstone it back to like, uh, you know, Oberdin and case of the golden mm-hmm. idol, like those good, you know, mystery yeah. figuring it out games. So that, that is also Dang. downloaded. Uh, I just have not gotten to, uh, play it yet. Um, and that's First all I put on my list. for weeks. Yeah. yeah. There, there's, <laughs> there, there's, there's certainly other stuff, but, but that's probably the, the top yeah. that that I just yeah just insane year that that's like almost ten games that's almost a top ten list right there, right. Dave, I just Dave. lost access to my list. What the heck? Oh no! Uh, I uh, hacked him. Good lord! Or Google? Uh, no, I just got to Yeah, it's Google is. I, why do you need to verify it's me? I'm me. <laughs> just log me in. I've been sitting uh. here looking at this page. For the last 48 hours, why did my list disappear? All right. So, yeah, t- uh, Tim, uh, like, so there were so many big games this year. Uh, and while I certainly, there's always a twinge of FOMO when everyone's raving about uh, Starfield and Baldur's Gate and Final Fantasy 16. But these are all games that I, in mostly in genres or series that I don't, I wouldn't go out of my way to pursue anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the stuff for me that got away is mostly indie stuff. But again, it feels like every year for the past five years, there's been some late year indie game that everyone's talking about. Like, oh, have you heard of this thing, Hades? You got to play Hades. Have you heard of Inscription? You got to play Inscription. There's been some indie game that just grabs 
there's like and i feel like that didn't really happen this year if any game it would be dave the diver but we all know that's not really an indie game apparently yeah there's also that yeah so um so for me my games that got away are also octopath traveler 2 which i would have loved to play uh hi-fi rush but also bomb rush cyber funk which i'm probably going to pick up uh on sale in the e-shop cocoon (laughs) that might be the biggest little game that i didn't that i missed um venba which i own oh yeah indian cooking game um oh and uh, oh, and Pizza Tower, which is a yeah, Wario Pizza Land Tower. clone. Yeah, um, I played that. Yeah. But the biggest game that I wish I could play is a mini game included in a larger game, and I I I, I don't have a lot of investment in the Like a Dragon series, but I mm. would love to play da- the first home port of Daytona 2, a.k.a. <laughs> Sega Racing Classic 2, which is emulated mm. in the latest Like a Dragon game. That um, had a lot of uh, emulated arcade games in it, right? I feel like... They, they, heard... uh, they do, uh, but this was okay. the big one in this installment. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it's never seen a home release. Uh, it is still a, you know, it's a Model 3 game, which most Model 3 games never got real accurate home ports, and so it's it's still a stunner to this day. I just, I would love it if they made a standalone release of that but sega has not been in the habit of doing standalone releases of the arcade games included in like a dragon slash yakuza so i'm not holding my breath on that um but that's that's the big game that i wish i could play and as far as movies uh movies and tv shows uh would love to have caught uh boots riley's i'm a virgo uh would love to have caught they cloned tyrone still haven't seen killers of the flower moon and uh, though I am not a Godzilla fan, wow, Minus One sounds like an incredible film that I'm really interested in seeing. And that's yeah, me. we probably yeah. won't talk about it on the show well, at that, all. Yeah, I might talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know how hard it is, uh, or I've been told to get to a theater with kids. But if, if there's one yeah. to see in a theater, yeah. if you can. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. The Johnny Come Lately, which is old stuff that we just got to uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Why don't I start? Tim, that you want to? Yeah, you start. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, uh, I can. Ne- I, I never write down what old movies I catch up on. <laughs> so shame on me. Um, as far as games, it would be Atari Fifty, mm-hmm. uh, the Atari Fiftieth Anniversary, and Chained Echoes, which you know was a super late release last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that came out in December, <laughs> like the middle of December. One of those classic December releases that just is mm-hmm. totally lost because yeah. everyone's already done their end of year awards. And then they come back in January and they're like, oh, I played this game that just came out, but like doesn't qualify for next year's awards. So it never gets any attention. Um, fun fact on that note is um, you remember Pentiment from last year? Yeah. Yeah, it name. was. It w- yeah that that's the it was is like looked like medieval like illumination uh mm-hmm. yeah. uh manuscript drawing, drawing yeah. yeah manuscript yeah. drawing uh, yeah, yeah, w- yeah. was not right. eligible for the game awards last year or this year uh <laughs> awards are dumb we know this <laughs> well especially dumb when it's like uh, there's a like three week gap in what is eligible for your yeah. show it doesn't, it's not just why? like, oh, he, here's the cutoff for, yeah, well, yeah, because they 
they put out the nominations in early November. Um, so sometimes, you know, games that have gotten out to the press, you know, will get nominated, but anything that comes out after that is just like, well, it's too late because yeah. the, the actual game awards are at the beginning of December, but you'd think that the eligibility for next year would start at that cutoff point. at that point, yeah. but that is, does not seem to be the case. Wow. So <laughs> So yeah, you, you have yeah, no annoying. opportunity for being recognized <laughs> uh, in the Game Awards if you are in that little gap. Anyways, uh, Dave, yeah, you go um, my uh, <laughs> we uh, tried the TV show Barry a couple hey. like years ago, like when it started, mm-hmm. and got halfway through the first season and then bailed on it. But we took it oh, back wow. up this year and got rehooked and tore all mm-hmm. the way through all five seasons. Loved it. What a brilliant uh arc that show takes. I mean it, it from the I, I think why we bailed on it at first is that it was a fun novelty for me because it seemed to be this show that poked a lot of fun at the acting process and, mm-hmm. and learning acting and, and the pretension of it. And then that that kept going and everything was just, you know, heightened and elevated and and the tension mm-hmm. ratchets up until it is a, a, a near Vince Gilligan experience at times, like approaches mm-hmm. the very best of Barry uh, uh, starts to approach a, a Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul level of, of ratcheting tension, which was awesome. Um, and, uh, I guess the other Johnny comes as far as games, it would be that this is the year I finally discovered the Pico eight platform, which has been around for a few years. Uh, it is a low spec target for developing homemade little indie independently released games. And there's a lot of clones and a lot of ports and they all fit in this tiny 128 by 128 square resolution, window so everything is very lo-fi and chunky and blocky and and the best games are incredibly artfully done um and the the games are all about 32 kilobytes in size uh it's it has been my play date this year Mm -hmm. uh, going through the pico 8 library um and it's thanks to uh some handheld devices that i'll talk about later in later categories is how i'm experiencing pico 8 games so that's what i rediscovered this year weiss nice uh games uh obviously most of what i very little of what i played uh was older stuff but the two that stood out are uh valis collection that i played uh thanks to limited run games uh nice collection but uh specifically the first game the phantasm soldier i think that's right um (laughs) the remake of the 80s game it's just it's always nice to play a game that feels like it was ahead of its time but is also like an alternate dimension of what you were playing anyways uh just it's it's so foreign yet familiar and you know, the gameplay for that era of of platformer and the reason it lasted is it's just it's so tight. Everything feels very good. And it was the right amount of difficulty. Uh, also, being on a collection, you can kind of cheat a little bit, but it was wasn't crushingly hard. I could actually beat the game, which does not often <laughs> happen. Uh, and I finally got to play Minish Cap, which is the wow. other one. So that was, you know. 
one that like I missed when it came out. It got real expensive real quick. Uh, and I just didn't feel like emulating. <laughs> I would prefer not to sometimes. Um, uh, and got to that and it still holds up and the music was better than I thought. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, yeah, just nice to have a new old, uh, Zelda game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Movies, obviously there's a fucking ton. Uh, but, uh, Stuff that stood out. I finally, <laughs> I never saw Josie and the Pussycats, which at this point has gotten to like kind of cult status and it's pretty earned. Honestly, <laughs> I, you don't realize how sharp the satire on it is. It's one of those movies that came out like right around the same time Pootie Tang came out that you don't realize has a lot to say about consumerism. And a lot to say about that stuff in that turn of the 2000s, like late Gen X level of snark. Um, that's it's just fun to eat up at this point. Um, like they I've never seen a movie that does the gag about um, having sponsors the way that Wayne's World did, you know, like. Oh, brought to you by Pepsi and Toblerone. But they don't point it out to the camera. They're just covered in sponsors. They enter a room that's just like the entire movie. And they don't explain it until like maybe like they don't even say that the movie has anything to do with consumerism until about like halfway through the movie. So it's it's way smarter than it looks. So I'm just, I'm just going to leave it at that one. That was that was really fun to discover out of nowhere. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. Moving on. What a <laughs> clip. What a pace we're setting. I know. See. I mean, I could talk that category forever, but see my letterbox. For- yeah. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> Anyways, time for the, time for the most important part of the show, uh, which is the trilogy of categories in honor of Christopher Nolan's best movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> still more and more every year. Yeah. <laughs> The Prestige. Did Christopher Nolan have a movie that came out? Yes, of course he did. Yes, he had a very big one this year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I didn't get to see it. That one got away. <laughs> yes, of course he had a movie that came out this year. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we are going to honor uh, The Prestige um, with, uh, yeah. But starting off, we have The Pledge, which is the best, like, first uh, thing, new thing, beginning of a thing. Uh mm-hmm. Oh, we are we on you again? I think. Yeah. yeah, if we do that, unless we wanted to get Dave in the middle at some point. But uh, sure, games I don't have too much by default. Uh, it is of course Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Um, though I feel weird putting that one because it's such a strong spiritual successor. So it kind mm-hmm. of gets it by default. But uh, and we'll talk about that game more mm-hmm. later. But it 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 is an homage, but the things it does itself are still very strong and worth talking about. Um, yeah. Movie wise, uh, it was tricky to find one. And then uh, the one that stood out for this category is polite society, uh, which uh, not <laughs> only because whenever I think about this category, it's not just like the best, like first thing it's like, what would I like to see like more of? Cause there's mm-hmm. plenty of like, good singular things that stand, but 
uh, Polite Society, the only thing that uh, I need to look up her name, but that she directed before this uh, is the show Lady Parts. Uh, I'm going to say it's Peacock. Uh, that's about a Muslim punk band uh, comedy, kind of in the same vein. But uh, Polite Society just hit that like 90s fun like the action's fun the comedy is light and it just keeps like moving at like a really really fun pace uh kind of comedy and i just want to see more in that vein uh it's just yeah this is a bollywood release uh it is not bollywood it is it is uh i don't know if she's indian per se but it's uh like muslim uh british so like everything is yeah, both both uh, polite society and lady parts are like um, Muslim girls living in England. Okay. Oh. So, okay. Which is a very specific. Yeah. I I love sub sub genres. I feel like <laughs> that stuff works so well when you hyper focus. Um, but yeah, it's just. So uh, polite society is an English language film. Yeah. Oh, yep. I remember seeing yes. trailers for this and thinking that it was fun <laughs> and cool, and I I don't. Don't know why that didn't. Work. Apparently, you didn't listen. Apparently, I didn't listen. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Wow. No, I th- I think it like uh, it might go back and forth. So they probably played it. Uh, That's possible. Okay. But <laughs> but it is predominantly English. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh cool. yeah, and and TV. Uh, I'm a Virgo. Felt like mm-hmm. kind of an obvious one to throw out there. It's such even even though it's uh, feels very much like. Uh, uh, sorry to bother you. Um, a very <laughs> wonderfully, amazingly lefty, uh, uh, just imaginative show that I, it feels like it got a lot of awards, but I don't know enough people that have actually seen it. <laughs> I feel like I haven't had enough good conversations about it. I kind of want to go back and like watch it, but, uh, yeah, just super fun. And yeah. my turn. Yeah. yeah. My kids yeah. out there being an asshole about going to bed. I can hear him. Uh, yeah. For, for me, uh, I put down uh, Weiss's other game he played this year, which is AEW Fight Forever. <laughs> ah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which uh, is, I don't know, seems to have gotten a lot of flack from people because it mm-hmm. doesn't compare well in a lot of ways to uh, the other modern wrestling game in terms of its like production values and feature set. But. Mm-hmm. I mean, still for me, it's like that plays better than any wrestling game I've played in like 20 years. Right. Uh, that's the thing. <laughs> and yeah, that's what matters the most to me. And it's like, yeah, if we had again, if we lived together still like we would have played the shit out of that game. I'm yep. absolutely sure. Yeah, I just I want more of that. I mean, they seem pretty dedicated to doing dlc and putting out more wrestlers as dlc and adding new modes and stuff that way uh Mm. i just feel like when they take the step to like really shine up a full sequel it's gonna be like aha (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's a good call like i i feel like the things i really like about that game once they (laughs) once they hyper focus on the things that they uh could work on You know, because it's there as long as now you have the infrastructure. Just keep making it. 
Yeah, just just do more, more creator wrestler stuff. Uh, yeah, you can expand the single player. I think it's hilarious in its current state. It is mm-hmm. amazingly reminiscent of a late '90s wrestling game story <laughs> mode. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, and just like more matches and and more, you know, make make the entrances more elaborate. Uh, it, it feels like the evolution of the N64 games, which is what it was going for. Um, yep. But yeah, it definitely gets a lot of flack. Just, I mean, one that it's caught in the middle of a fucking unending tribal wrestling war uh, between fucking AEW and WWE fans and people who just want to shit on AEW or just want to shit on everything that's pro wrestling in general then because they watch it and don't actually like it uh, anymore. Um, Or, you know, it's like, and this was like the first year in like over a decade that WWE put out like a good game. uh, Uh, People see like, (laughs) just very oddly, like the the WWE games have been just lazy. Oh yeah, I didn't know they had a good going this year. (laughs) Everybody has shit on forever. And then this year, it seems like it finally came together into a good release. And it just happened to be the year that Fight Forever finally came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I think people had expectations just because they announced the game like way too early, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, they announced it basically when they announced the company and they're like, hey, we're making this game. And then people were just like, well, uh, if you develop a game for four years, then obviously this is what it should look like in my head. Right, right. Yeah, there's a lot of discussion about when to uh, announce your thing for games or movies. But the the sneaky problem with that is, like, it's part of getting people to work on it in the first place. Yep. Is kind of yeah. the Because that's the thing is, like, they mentioned it because they need you to be excited about it so they can make it in the first place, which uh, capitalism, mm. hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it's like, you know, if you, yeah, if you want to make people excited for, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it's exactly what you said. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's frustrating because hey, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just have one nominee for this category That's this fine. year, and that is uh, Digital Eclipse's first entry in the <laughs> now ongoing Gold Master series, The Making of Karateka. Uh, I, you know, as, I, I don't care about Karateka. Uh, and, but you know, this documentary, the, the, the game was the documentary, the playable documentary <laughs> was compelling enough to get me to do a deep dive into a game that I had zero context for. Um, I'm look and, and now to be fair, they just recently announced the second entry would be a, uh, a deep dive into the catalog of Jeff Minter, which again, Ooh. I'm not a huge fan of Jeff Minter games, but I think that he's a fascinating documentary subject, and I'm really looking mm. forward to diving into some of his games that I have not played. I mean, he's made some bangers, you know. I I am a fan of his latter day Tempest uh, re configurations reimaginings and you know jeff minter does good stuff even if his particular psychedelic sense of humor is not you know is his preoccupation with llamas is is the common oh yes yeah yeah jeff <laughs> i was just about to look him up but now i know exactly who now you're you know <laughs> jeff Minter of Llamasoft, the maker of tempest 2000 and txk and yes. then the long line of space tempest giraffe Fire. space giraffe Look. yeah 
Um, yeah, Space Giraffe is exactly where it was going. But yeah, uh, and this isn't <laughs> the guy. Just he he looks like a guy that founded a company called Llamasoft. Yes, yes, he totally does. <laughs> um, what what excites me almost as much as the actual content of these games is uh, that Digital Eclipse is taking looks at games for platforms that I don't have any personal familiarity with. Like there's going to be Commodore 64 mm -hmm. games uh, on this collection. There's going to be, I, th I think a few other unique uh, computer-based platforms. And, you know, those are always a pain in the ass to emulate unless you had one and you know exactly how it was supposed to mm -hmm. function. So thank God I've got Chris Kohler there helping me, you know, mapping all the buttons on the controller where they're supposed to go, making it easy for me to play. So I don't have to worry about that shit. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and so while these first two entries, the subjects have not been something that I personally am passionate about. I know that that's part of the point. I know that yeah. that is also That's I'm where sure. I was going to go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know ec economically I'm sure that makes it easier for them than to get like the big licenses that I'm sure a lot of their fans would love for them to get after the Turtles collection <laughs> came to yeah. miraculous fruition, but uh yeah, that you know, it's such a wonderful way for them to leverage this wonderful engine that they developed for Atari 50 and release these small perfectly reasonably priced releases. Uh, I hope that they do three or four of these a year. I hope that they keep yeah. up with this pace because uh, it's super awesome and there's nothing else like it in the whole video game mm -hmm. landscape. Well, that's, and, and, and that's back to that thing about like money where I'm just happy that they can do obscure games right now. Yeah. Um, I've heard the story of Tetris a thousand times. It's yeah. very interesting, but I don't know anything about Karateka. So <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Super great. Yeah. All right. right uh, along. Yeah. Let's That's some turn. Negati I know. Some negativity up in here. Uh, the <laughs> turn. Uh, something that went sour. Went bad. Um, boy, I guess I could have mentioned Quantum Mania here. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Major's career. Oh. Hey, that was spoiler. That was my movies and TV. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, we'll transition onto that. No, see, it's uh, I'm I'm happy I got to see Creed three a week before or days before all of that came out. Oh jeez. Uh, uh, I I find it took me three sit well not sittings but three tries to get to Loki season two, which is great. It's just it's oh, a bummer. Finish watching that. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a major part yeah. of it you know but also they're finally you know they rebranded all the kang stuff and yep. you know well because marvel was literally waiting for the sentencing like yes. it was within an hour after that mm -hmm. um but yeah no it's it's a bummer like he's he's a dude that uh i've been watching since i guess because i think uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco was his first, and he just knocks out of the park. Everybody was just excited for this guy to do stuff. So it's a bummer, and it's uh, it's a sad story. <laughs> uh, yeah, because yeah, his his career was about to go off. Oh yeah, and and I'm sure like that's that was what was so difficult about like the court case in general. Uh, yeah, because he's right right in that spot. Oh well. Oh. Yeah, I guess uh while I'm blabbing the only yeah. you know, 
you already kind of mentioned it, but I put the creator wrestler for Fight Forever. Yeah, you oof. know, it didn't dampen the game entirely for me, but it was kind of a bummer because that does give a lot of momentum to the to the one player. Like the thing is, the rest of the one player is so funny that it makes up for it. If if that one player mode wasn't just a the weirdest uh, writing. It would be very dour, and the fighting feels very, very good. But it was, it was weird to start up the creator wrestler, and it was like three shades of the same face. Like they, they shouldn't even have put it in the game. <laughs> frankly, yeah, it was like less robust than like the creator wrestler in like WCW Revenge. Yeah, <laughs> somehow. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, my turn, and and I'm on an island uh, with this as far as games is Double Dragon Gaiden Rise of the Dragons, which I thought sucked ass. Uh, coming off like a good <laughs> string of just like, you know, every, it felt like every old beat-em-up is getting like a good mm-hmm. revival comeback in the last few years with Streets of Rage and Turtles and River City Ransom. Uh, and, and just generally just beat, beat-em-ups are feasting again. Oh, hey, what's up, Zerum? Zerum's in the chat. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I didn't like just about anything about Double Dragon Guide and like the way it played, the structure of the game. I feel like you're alone in that. I feel like I read several negative reviews. Not or really? at least disappointed okay. reviews. Yeah, it, it's just like, I don't feel like the, like it's kind of structured in a almost roguelike sort of way yeah. that I don't think works at all. Like the the characters are very stubby and the way the levels are designed is a pain in the ass and gets increasingly a pain in the ass as, as you go on because of how they built it. It's like the later you play a level, the longer and harder it gets. Um, and it's just, it's just not, not fun. Not great. Not something I want to sit and replay like the way I have those, those other aforementioned games. Um, yeah, I love the concept of roguifying a beat em up, but like, what were they th- a what were they thinking with that art direction tiny characters are just yeah. never re- tiny it's short stubby characters with no reach are just generally never a good idea for this genre like you can try to abstract Unless it's like it an open world work, city but... and you can go and buy stuff from shops <laughs> then it works pretty well then it works fine yeah, yeah. um there's but... deceptively more reach with the like river city characters though yeah, yeah. i feel like the double dragon ones are like proportionally to their body, it's it just looked frustrating. Uh, yeah, you, have you seen screenshots of this one, Weez? Because it's ridiculous. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're like super super. A while ago, but yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah and yeah. and and that the structure just really doesn't reward um, this the the you know replaying the, the way rogue, a roguelite should that it just it just becomes more of a slog. I, I feel like I read a few reviews, Tim that that harped on those issues i feel like this game did not take the world all right on, okay on fire you are right. well and justified well and truly justified and supported like by your peers oh i thank you um people are idiots yeah all right dave what turned what turned you off this year all right well i hope this doesn't come as a surprise to our longtime listeners uh because if you'll remember way 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 back in the spring i was kind of the lone defender of the super mario brothers movie um having forcibly revisited it now a couple of times with my kids uh Mm -hmm. it's clear to me that i was very (laughs) sick and on a lot of medication and my expectations were so low that i think uh i i 
yeah, the 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 glasses of the the shine's fallen off that thing, and I can I can see <laughs> it for what it is now. It really is, you know, the d- disappointing illumination film. But that's not the issue. The issue is not that it was bad, because I expected it to be bad. I didn't expect it to really be able to work because uh, that's an uphill battle transforming Super Mario Brothers into a narrative. Um, what disappoints me the most is that it was so successful that Nintendo is now yeah. incentivized to do the exact same thing to Zelda, which is an even mm-hmm. worse idea. <laughs> and even there's an oh, even this... bigger disconnect between the way a narrative works in a Zelda game, an emergent narrative, mm-hmm. and the way that a narrative is going to work in whatever the fuck they come up with that's got to mm-hmm. be a crowd pleaser for everyone and is going to be the most tepid, watered-down just total like stereotypical adventure kind of film um that's that's the real disappointment is that now yeah. that they they know this is what makes money and so that's what they're going to chase yeah that's the thing is it's like it's not zelda it's everything like this open the floodgates this is yeah. going to be you're going to have a couple of these a year for a while mm. like it's just what it's they're going to be uh, just in the background, you're, you know, like, oh, Ryan Reynolds did Fall Guy, right? Yeah, that was a movie, right? It's going to be 12 of those. There's yeah. going to be a Qbert. It'll be great. <laughs> some of those I'm sure will be great. Some of the, because some of those lesser, if yes. this encourages <laughs> the lesser known properties to get some like shots in the dark, I think some of those mm-hmm. could potentially be great because they've got less to lose. You know, this is some of those, you know, if, if, mm-hmm. if smaller franchises, uh, go for a big, you know, cinematic. They, they, I think, have a better chance of taking a real big swing that conservative Nintendo would never ever take. Um, and yeah, you know. I, I mean, it, it depends how much, how much of a spotlight and how much of a gamble the studio's doing. Yep, yep. It's, it's, it's all, it's all numbers at this point. Yeah, they're like, this will do good. <laughs> so I feel like it'll be a couple years before you get something that's like takes a big swing or just kind of like sneaks by, mm. but yeah, eventually. But I mean, whether we like it or not, I mean, like we've gotten to the point where there's good game movies, there's bad game movies and TV shows. Yeah. Like it's, it's there. It's not just like one, is this going to be the one like that's already happened. Yeah. Like we can't have that conversation anymore. Yep, that's what. Yeah, that's yep. just where we're at, people. That's yeah, where we be. Story. Hey, yeah. What's next? All right. Well, now <laughs> the third the act is called the Prestige. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is like the best finale, best finish, best ending. All right. Me. All right. I'll start this one off. Um. I don't think we we ain't going to steal it from me this time. <laughs> the prestige, uh, yeah, the prestige. Well, yeah. I was about to start on the last one. That I mentioned John. Oh, Davis, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if we we both said the same thing, yeah. yep, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So for me, I put down uh, Final Fantasy 16. I feel that game comes together really well uh, at the end. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the big moments in that game are incredible. Uh, just just the, the highs are very high. And some of the lows, 
you know, there's definitely stretches of that game where I'm kind of just like running around the world and like a little exhausted by the amount of side quests, the optional side quests that I feel obligated to do um, mm-hmm. are out there and just like, oh, I'm just running all these errands for all these characters and doing all these little things. But at the end of the game, kind of like all that pays off uh, in just like the feeling of those characters coming together and supporting Clive uh, in his bid to, you know, save the world and shit. And, uh, yeah. And, and the, the last boss fight does the, this thing that I, uh, I've seen a couple games do now that I really enjoy where it's like, you know, you're, you're locked in battle and then there's like a musical shift and it kind Mm -hmm. of is just like, Oh man, I got this fucker now. Like I, you know, you're just fighting last boss, fighting last boss, like just fighting for your life. And then like, you know, find the flame comes in and it's just like, Oh shit. Like, you know, it just feels really good. That's the theme of the game. Um, and yeah, it was awesome. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Dave. Um, the, uh, uh, for me, and this is one of my favorite films that will end up on my list when we talk about that later. Uh, it's the ending to the Barbie movie, uh, which mm. it, it is, I think, one of the most earnest, heartfelt endings earnest heartfelt and poignant and 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 this film rings a lot of bells for me as a father of two girls who experience a lot of what this movie talks about and will experience more and and in a way this movie does so much spend so much time talking to girls my kids age and <laughs> warning them about what their future is going to hold but also mm. telling the giving them hope and and holding their hands guiding them into an adulthood that is hopefully better than they can expect um and that sort of discovering a life that is better than you ever hoped it could be i think is the promise of the movie it is a wonderful sweet earnest movie and then you get to the very last line in the film before it cuts to black and it's a fantastic gag it's a great (laughs) the very final line in this in this movie like everything is so earnest and really sweet and like tears are rolling down my face and the very final line is such a great joke it's a great punch line and at first it rings as a non sequitur, but then you realize while the credits roll, oh, it's actually a callback to something earlier in the movie also. <laughs> um, yeah, just, a, just a wonderful, wonderful way to tie a bow on one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, uh, I guess very quickly, how did your daughters feel about it? My, I mean, that's, that's your feeling. <laughs> my youngest is currently watching it for the fifth time uh upstairs with so hates it (laughs) um (laughs) julia hasn't gone back to it necessarily no julia watched it again on on the airplane to disney world we went to disney world Mm. a few weeks ago um and and they both watched it together on the airplane again and and i as far as i know still loved it um but yeah but my my seven-year-old is it's her favorite movie right now it is she's yeah she well actually it's it's a toss-up between barbie <laughs> and the super mario brothers movie for ah, this year. Sure. um but uh but yeah she somehow you know i don't know how much of the and and it is great that this movie really does kind of work for all ages it is it is a movie written for adults that works for a <laughs> seven-year-old surprisingly well um, because mm. of how earnestly goofy it is, I think. Um, yeah, they, my kids 
loved it. And I, I hope that maybe in a few years, but when my, when my tween right now revisits it, uh, in a few years, you know, I don't know if it was a big hit among her friends because it's a little too mainstream and my daughter and her friends are huge nerds. They like obscure, <laughs> they like stuff yeah, that's yeah. weird and, and obscure. So, um, this Barbie might feel a little too popular for them right now, but I, I mm-hmm. hope that maybe in a few years she'll circle back to it and, and see some, and maybe, you know, maybe it's more poignant for me as a parent of girls and seeing, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the struggle and, and, and the struggle within feminism and what is feminism and, you know, struggles that I can only observe from the outside without experiencing those things firsthand. So, um, all right, but I'm pontificating way too much yeah. about, yeah. uh, the wonderful ending to a wonderful movie. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and I, Oh, go ahead. I was saying, you just reminded me that, that Richard liked the movie, but I remembered how he was mad about people like being loud in the theater, uh, mm. during it though. Just like incidentally, uh, he is, obsessed with mamma mia right now he Ah. keeps watching that movie abba baby (laughs) how did that get on his radar i mean you know lauren probably watched it with him but now he just puts it on You know that's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> I uh, my uh, my oldest daughter is having a friend sleepover, and and her family they are huge ABBA fans. But her dad, who's a buddy of mine, he is a massive ABBA fan, and so ABBA gets a lot of play in their house. I'm sure she's seen Mamma Mia several times. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder <laughs> if she can convince my kid to to watch it. I don't know. Yeah. She might be. I, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think Richard is getting big into musical theater but doesn't want to admit it yeah for people to know yet ah yeah 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 (laughs) well maybe that's his thing you know like (laughs) you're not into well i guess lauren would be into a little bit yeah yeah Uh, yeah. has have have you guys seen the live performance of the spongebob musical on paramount plus i have not you don't we don't have paramount oh no i i thought you were going for spirited away because that went up on max and that's supposed to be a very good because there's a, a live stage perfect. Uh, oh, wow. That's that on out. Max? Wow. Yeah, I believe it was Max because it just got available because I heard that was awesome. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> yeah. cool that that is available to watch. So the SpongeBob one was good? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, And, and that is uh, because my kid is, is, is playing the lead, playing the role of SpongeBob in her school musical uh, this ah. year. So we, so we checked it out to do some research. Uh, but it is a great, like, it is, you know, this performance was for the purpose of being filmed. Uh, Tom Kenny makes a cameo in a small nice. role. So like it is, it's, and uh, yeah, it's a delightful, the The music in this was all written by a, a constellation of pop. This was one of David Bowie's final <laughs> works. What? Um, yeah. David Bowie started Damn. and Brian Eno finished one of my favorite tracks from SpongeBob the Musical, uh, which also features mu- music yeah. by the Chicks and John Legend and, and a host of other pop. Okay. Panic at the Disco. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So a bunch of pop stars all contributed songs to this musical, but it's fun. Yeah, and it's a great way to watch the live stage show in the comfort of your own home. Oh, cool. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, prestige for me. I don't got nothing for games. Uh, TV. Reservation Dogs ended. Uh, not much to say about that, but uh, I'm looking forward to more that Sterling Harjo does, and I hope it's not 
too hard without having the Taika Waititi name kind of attached uh, as he moves forward. Uh, but I think what worked about that show was that it wasn't very like it was a very, very funny show. And initially you're like, oh, of course it is. It's Taika Waititi. And then you're like, that's not really his sense of humor uh, going forward. So it would be nice to have another voice in comedy just mm-hmm. doing very interesting stuff uh, for movies. Uh, we got the last Miyazaki movie, guys. JK, <laughs> he's making another movie. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's had, I mean, bo- both Boy in the Heron and uh, the movie before it uh, escapes me at the moment. Uh, the Borrowers the one. No, the wind oh, rises. Not oh, yeah, no, the one. borrowers yeah. one was his kids. Uh, right. Yeah. Sorry, Goro. No one uh, likes your animation, including your father, <laughs> who makes it very known. Uh, no, the wind rises and the boy and the heron are both uh, like beautiful final statements, and also I'm excited for him to have more contemplations on death moving forward. But uh, <laughs> since. I think I'm the only one that saw Killers of the Flower Moon, and I'm not going to give away the ending, but that one definitely is. It When it gets to the ending, you will be like, what are they doing? This is too much. And then go, oh, okay. This is a very smart way to wrap up this story. Mm-hmm. And it is kind of, kind of an obvious one for best ending movie-wise for me this year. Like... It it's definitely one that we'll talk about after after you see it at some point. Sure. That's encouraging to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I haven't been in a rush to see it because um, I didn't. I wouldn't say I disliked mm-hmm. the Irishman. I guess I would just oh, be like, okay. yeah, that was a perfectly fine and very long Martin Scorsese movie that is not particularly noteworthy <laughs> in any way and did not leave a lasting impression on me in any way. Um, I, I like, I like the Irishman, but I like, I like this one a lot more. Like, I feel like, like the Irishman falls into the Irishman, the descendants and, um, I forget what the third one feel very, very similar. The uprising period movies, um, killers of the flower moon, I feel like kind of stands on its own. Like it's. People, he's been around so long that people think that Scorsese is pretentious when he's making like <laughs> these very easy to watch working class. Like it, you throw on Goodfellas when it's on, and all of a sudden that movie ends. And it is a long. That's another three hour movie. Like it's, it's heavy, but it is also breezy and like it takes a while to be funny but once it once it breaks that barrier like it's very funny and you know of course performances across the board and all that stuff but i i didn't feel the time on this one irishman i didn't think was like the worst paced but i did take a break halfway (laughs) yeah i think we did but yeah all right that's good that's good yeah 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 Them's our Nolans. All right, there's the Nolans. All right, next. Uh, <laughs> time to stuff in a few wild cards. Uh, <laughs> cards. Uh, Dave, what do you got? Oh, boy. Yeah, so the thing that I <laughs> want to talk about, I've got no other category, uh, mostly is wow. that this is the year that I've been so interested in retro emulation handhelds 
for so for what feels like so long, and I spent a lot of time sating that interest by trying to just uh, hack or install custom firmware on the um, mass market handhelds that I already owned, like my 3DS and my Vita. You know, it's something I've been doing for years on my PSPs and my DS and my Game Boy before all that. Um, so this year, I'm I'm sitting here looking at like three handhelds that I picked up. This year, I started with the Anbernic uh, RG35XX, which just got an update, sells for the same price that it used to. Um, and, and this is like a wonderful, very high quality um, retro handheld that plays everything up to about PS1 really, really well. Lovely screen on it. I got mine on sale for 40 bucks. Uh, I finally picked up the Clamshell Pow Kitty V90, which is only plays up to about Sega Genesis, some Super NES really well, but is it, it's tiny but still easy to hold, has the fake GBA SP form factor, fits easily in a pocket, feels like it weighs nothing, feels like it's cheap plastic like a kid's toy, but... The thing that I asked for for Christmas that Jan got me uh, is is what is kind of going to, in like the <laughs> circle of retro handhelds. This is the one that everyone is kind of saying is the one that 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 stole the show this year, and this is the Pow Kitty RGB thirty, which is mm-hmm. unique because it's got this very squarish form factor, and that's because it has a perfectly square seven twenty by seven twenty screen. Um, and what that means is uh, stuff like Game Boy, uh, Game Boy Color, Game Gear. So a lot of older handhelds that have a square screen form factor work perfectly on this. They scale perfectly. Mm. They fill up the whole screen at a perfect integer scale. This will even do DS pretty well. You can see both screens. Because it's a square, it's not wide. It's tall. So mm-hmm. you can stack both both screens on top of each other pretty well you can still run ds games at double the resolution so they're sharper than they would run on even on a 3ds um this will do i installed uh, some dreamcast games on this, this that. plays yeah this <laughs> this plays soul caliber at its native resolution at 60 frames per second uh i finally have soul caliber on a little handheld. um and it's it is it's wonderful it's powerful uh this will also run some pc ports uh if you grab the files from some games that you might already own on steam if you can get hold of the linux versions of games like chasm or iconoclast or owl boy uh, there's a few modern indie hits. Uh, you can run those on on this. Um, yeah, it's just it's Eat. it's yeah, it's super awesome. It's fantastic. It is way more comfortable to hold in the hands. It's I think you know the ergonomically it's it's going for sort of a mini Steam Deck kind of look, um, and uh, it's I find it much more comfortable to hold than a vertical classic Game Boy style kind of handheld. Um, and of course, the other thing, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Pico 8. The, the Pico 8 spec also has a perfectly square resolution. So Pico 8 games run perfectly on this device. And uh, they're just, it's, it's a wonderful way to uh, discover this kind of weird um, little indie game. You know, so this, this has been my, mm-hmm. my play date this year yeah. instead of an actual play date this is the funky low spec indie system that i've been checking out yeah and yeah it's just it's super cool and it's a lot of fun i don't know if i'm pressing the right 
buttons here to get into a game. It doesn't matter, but that's... Uh, yeah, we saw Grand Prix. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that looks so great. That's my uh, that's my that's my uh, wild card this year. Is, is, what, is what's that retail for? That retails for ninety. I got it on sale for seventy. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I thought great. you got it for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it, when it went on well, sale Santa. for seventy a month before Christmas, I had to be like, "Sweetie, there's a thing I want to buy for myself. <laughs> it's on sale right now. If you need it." Christmas present for me. If you are struggling with what to get me, this is what I want. I'm just, should should I buy it for myself right now, or do you want to? And so I, I got the the koi. Maybe don't buy it for yourself right now. So just... that's how I got it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, Weiss. All right, wild cards. Uh, stop me if I go too long, but I've only. Only got seven. Um, <laughs> a couple, couple from last year categories that I liked. Uh, the blossom, the very special episode, um, was kind of. Eh, there's two, uh, but we talked about strange new worlds enough. Uh, that trial episode I've been thinking about, but what I put down and what I revisited this week was there was an episode of Poker Face, uh, the Columbo episode with N- Natasha Leone. Uh, where they have a parody of Phil Tippett. Phil Tippett is the animator behind like Ed 209 and Jurassic Park and a thousand things that you and Star Wars and a thousand things that you grew up with. And they do basically what feels like a very good X-Files episode with it, where it's uh, there's obviously a murder mystery because it's a Columbo kind of show, but there's also like mixed in weird stop motion animation and it's Natasha Leone and uh, Nick Nolte as your Phil Tippett character. So they're having like very, you know, getting drunk talking about animation stuff. And it's just a delight. Um, The, uh, the, they still got it uh, this year. I gave to Russell T Davies and David Tedden and Catherine Tate for the, the doctor who reboot reboot (laughs) of, uh, the three specials and the Christmas special uh, with Incudi is uh, really, really good. And I think everybody uh, that's been into it is really excited for his season uh, and his take on the doctor. He's uh, not, not Casey Bowker like in his enthusiasm <laughs> and smile. Um, <laughs> uh, just oozing charisma. So that's, that's been really, really delightful. Um, New stuff. I put the you weren't ready for Speed Racer, but your kids might be. Uh, gave that to Barbie. Uh, <laughs> I can't not think about it when I'm watching Barbie. Uh, just the design and everything. Uh, best title this year I gave to the Venture Brothers movie, which is Radiant of, is the Blood of the Baboon Heart. Uh, it's hard to beat. The best use of copyright law is a decades long running gag uh, to Dick Tracy zooms in. Where decades later, Warren Beatty dresses up like Dick Tracy, zooms into Turner Classic Movies, and they do a bit for an hour. Uh, <laughs> it was in my top ten for much of the year. Uh, <laughs> Pulpiest pulp, uh, I gave to Shane Common Rider because I had to talk about Shane Common Rider at some point. It's 
just a big blast, even though there's another kaiju we'll be talking about. Um, but if it comes up, it's really, really fun, even if you have uh, no history with that series, which a lot of the U.S. does not. And best villain I threw in very quickly, uh, which you might give to Godzilla, and I wouldn't fault you. But uh, if you're watching this season of Fargo, I'm giving it to John Hamm because mm. he is deliciously evil <laughs> right now. He is just the mean, you know, you brought up Breaking Bad and I haven't seen something this detestably fun to watch since He's, really we finally started watching it within the past week uh-huh. and can't put it down jan was like how long is this podcast gonna take because are we gonna get to watch fargo tonight <laughs> and i'm like nah sweetie you're gonna be asleep um by the time we end this uh <laughs> but yeah i mean that's i i was just thinking about this today and about like how mm-hmm. this is about your previous episode previous seasons of fargo have not had a villain like like yeah and and this show has i i gotta say i don't think that jennifer jason lee is i don't know maybe she's going somewhere with it but i feel like she's kind of hamming it up in a way that is not quite campy enough to be fun camp uh it's like she's playing the idea of a character instead of a real character whereas john ham playing it a bit straighter and more naturally Mm -hmm. is real like he's such a shit bag He's yeah. such a, he's, oh, and you like, haven't even because this week's yeah, <laughs> and then on top of it's, that, you wonderfully have yeah. a character that is just pure like evil malice. You've got the I, mm-hmm. I don't know the actor's n- name, uh, 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 Munch, the character who seems to be just driven oh, by yeah, 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 violence and and you know a right. character that's a total wild card. Um, yeah, it's, it's got so many degrees of villainy, so many wonderful shades right. of villainy to play with this season. But John mm-hmm. Hamm is, I, I all, I've always loved him, even when he's just being goofy and, and kind of phoning it in. But yeah, he's mm-hmm. really, he's, this is something he does so well and it's really working. Yeah. Agreed. Like, I, th- I think like the, the Jennifer Jason Lee and like the family stuff, it's tricky. Cause I think. They want them to be campy, funny. Like, she's still threatening, but yeah, because they're working with so many different layers of these villains. Like, John Hamm's kid from Stranger Things yeah. is doing a lot of cool shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, you know, that's, that's a great, you know, yeah. I mean, it's obvious, a well-worn storytelling dynamic of the the, the prince who wants yeah. to prove that he can usurp his own, you know, usurp Right, kid. right. Um but uh but but yeah he plays it with such he really he, he plays it with with particularly uh um uh the, the his particular sneer that he puts on it his particular douchebaggery is yeah. just it's really really working well um and that's why i really honestly compared to the other villains it's that Jennifer Jason Lee what the thing yeah, that yeah. she's doing feels false to feel yeah, a little too I can, false I, can, I see that like i i also just revisited hudsucker proxy where she is just on fire so yeah. like i'm just definitely like hey give her, a pass on this. give her a pass but also she wasn't i don't think she was in this week's at all oh. as well like i'm i'm also curious when you get to this one because it particularly is 
the Noah Hawley thing that he does, especially in Legion, where it's kind of his slice of Charlie Kaufman. Um, mm. Like, I loved it. I eat it up. But I want to see what, like, you and Jan think, because right. it, it definitely is uh, fun. <laughs> you know, it, it goes off. Awesome. Yeah. Boom. All right. Tim. All right. Cool. Uh, all right. I got right. I had to stretch. Right. Yeah. Uh, biggest surprise uh, for Bayonetta Origins, which is the only time I'm going to talk about oh, that game. But yeah. boy, that game was a surprise and that it was like good, like really yeah. fun and cool and interesting. Um, I played that and, demo. <laughs> it was fun. Probably just going to be totally lost in the games that came out this year. Like, yeah, no one's going to. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, that game. Uh, best game soundtracks. Uh, best game soundtrack. Tough to say. Probably, mm-hmm. maybe Final Fantasy 16, which I think I'm gonna have to begrudgingly just purchase on Apple Music, even though <laughs> I don't mm. like using Apple Music. Uh, sea of Stars was also very good. Mm. Bomber yeah. Cyberfunk was also very good. Uh, mm-hmm. shout out to Dale North, uh, for the Helvetti soundtrack, mm. which is a game that most people probably have not heard of, uh, but is fantastic boy has that boy come a long way since silent horror uh, (laughs) i i listened to the soundtrack without playing the game and thought the same thing yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you can still the wonderful thing is you can tell it's the same composer like there are still moments that i'm just like oh yeah that kind of flourish and even i mean for me it's it's the the side quest teaser he did which was a riff on final fantasy Mm 8 anyways that I feel like is a lot of his flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by, by some metric, one of the most prolific uh, game composers of the year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Getting out there. Apparently, like, recently oh, signed yeah. some huge thing. Uh, <laughs> it just takes, being takes so long for his, it. It just takes a long oh. time for his excitement to me to know what he's talking about. Um, <laughs> so it because, is. Because the nature of things. Uh, All right. Um, Mass Driver Award, the Extra Tunes Memorial Mass Driver Award in honor of the fucking Mass Driver sequence in the original Dead Space. Which (laughs) is it the remake of Dead Space? And I just thought of that, and I haven't played. Yeah, I know. I saw it in your face. (laughs) (laughs) You saw me remember that it should be the remake of Dead Space. Yeah, because if if you had thought of that before saying it, you would have built that up harder. Yes. <laughs> you would have been so excited. I would, I would have just played. I bet it's probably way better because everything about that game is better from what I've heard. But yeah, yeah, yeah. again, it's horror games that I just don't get a chance to play. Right. Um, that was, came out in January, very early this year. Anyway, this goes to Baldur's Gate 3. Um, a game that is full of romance. Uh, a game that is full of... <laughs> of horny fucking characters just Mm -hmm. throwing themselves at you. Um, You know, almost from the word go, like I barely know these characters I've thrown in with and we're having a party for doing a good deed and they're just ready to throw ass in my face. (laughs) But you know, there was, there was only one lady in that party that had my eye, but I just met her. So things were kind of like, okay, all right, not yet move on to act two. And then there's like this second round of like the party members who weren't after me before are now like trying to whisk me into magical side dimensions who are trying to invite me to dance. 
who are trying to do this. And I'm like, no, no, come on. Well, maybe once I get into act three and things shift again, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, uh, the, the Druid that I picked up in act two, he he's making eyes at me, even though I never talked to this guy. This is the guy who you can have bear sex with, by the way. Um, (laughs) I'm just like, no, how was bear spelled? B E A R. Okay. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Because I was curious about how you thought of sex otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> naked uh, sex. Naked sex. Wild. <laughs> um, but for just for some reason, no matter what I do, like Carlac would not have it. I was just <laughs> friend zoned that whole game. We did. A what a great love- name for this. <laughs> we did a love test and she's like wow you really know me i'm like yeah 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 it's like you know your heart isn't making you uh incinerate people touching you like boy you want to smooch okay we'll just hug it's okay it's cool and like god there was some other character that was just like hey and i'm like can't like is this is getting ridiculous we're like walking around the city we bump into like some old friend of carlax and and said friend is like oh are you two together and she's like ha, ha, no we're just friends and I'm just like god fucking damn it and i go back to camp and who's hanging around but the sexy devil from hell who's like you know the the patron of the warlock at my party and she's like hey and i'm like fine um <laughs> so i found no love in baldur's oh, gate 3 geez. because oh. i be, except for in the arms of a literal devil from hell which <laughs> made my party members be like why did you do that because because of her <laughs> so i think what actually happened is like it's it's just the order of which i did things in the first act of the game like didn't trigger something in that first campfire scene. Like I hadn't spent enough time with Carlac and built up my relationship with her enough. Cause I'd like just got her in my party. And then I went off to do this, destroy this goblin camp, which turns out to be like the climactic thing in the first part of the game, which explains why it was so fucking hard and probably something I should have mm. waited to do. But I don't know, playing D and D I hear like, Oh, there's some goblins causing trouble. Well, that's the first thing you need to kill. Um, in this case should have waited. Um, <laughs> makes me sad. Maybe some other day. Um, and finally, the worst movie theater experience goes to <laughs> Godzilla minus one. Um, yeah, what this happened? Is, this is the only t- yeah, this is the only chance I'm going to get to tell the story because by next month we'll be I don't know post Magfest and so far detached from it. So like, yeah. you know, take my kid to see it. My kid, he's great. The you know the whole movie. This is subtitled. He's seeing a subtitled movie in the theater. He's only eight years old. Um, he, he leaned over to me, uh, about 15 minutes in the movie and he goes, dad, I'm going to learn effing Japanese. So I don't have to read. <laughs> he said, effing. he did not say, uh. he just said, I'm going to learn effing Japanese. So I don't have to read the subtitles. I but mean, this is like, so far the best. Uh. Yeah, that was great. But no, like five, 10 minutes in the movie, like, you know, right into that, like, that first scene when fucking Godzilla is there, like suddenly like these like fucking teenagers come rumbling, bumbling, stumbling into the theater, like with their flashlight on their phone, trying to find their seat, going down the wrong aisle, like, you know, just, ah, you know, 
laughing all the way. And they end up sitting, you know, right behind me up to the left. And they're like, you know, making a bunch of fucking noise and messing around their phones. Like the phones go off, they start laughing and they're like talking and da 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 da. da. And like the people behind me are like trying to shush them. So, you know, shh. And like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes go by and they're still making noise. And one of the, one of them was like sick because he's like horking snot oh, in God. his nose, which is just disgusting. Yeah. And like, finally, like I turn around and I fucking yell at these kids, <laughs> just fucking dad voice them just like, and, and just like, you need to cut it out. And I point at them so they know I'm talking to them, <laughs> yell at them, be quiet. And they laughed, but then they did. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Oh, See, yeah. here's the difference is I'm the only person, nobody does this here. Mm-hmm. Like, it is... Uh, Not a part of your culture. Pa- well, it's, it's, so, it's such a passive-aggressive, bless-your-heart mm-hmm. culture that being direct freaks people out. Like, oh. uh, I have told people to shut the fuck up. And, (laughs) but you are supposed to, if you're in a draft house, you write it on a little card and then the waiter gets it and then they come and talk to that person. If you're in another theater, you're supposed to leave and talk to the manager and they come back in, which nobody does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, What, what I was surprised, uh, Godzilla for me, because I've been seeing more and more at my local Regal, which you would think more people would be talking during and I've had some bad experiences, but especially Godzilla, the other people in the audience. And it was it was pretty good for that night. Everybody was dead silent and I was not the only one crying at the end yeah. and a Godzilla movie. <laughs> yeah. That was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I just it's the it, I don't know. It just dad voiced him. And well, the thing is about like. Mm-hmm. There was still like a little bit of noise, not as much. And then like 20 minutes up later, they just got up and left the theater and just oh, like wow, fucked okay. off to do something. Who knows what <laughs> bullshit they were up to. Play um, Fortnite. But yeah. And then, yeah, the last the end, the, the last half of the movie was was fine and great and got to enjoy, okay. it, you know, without troll. But I was just so irritated during the first like 45 minutes. Yeah. That would I that would that would so <laughs> ruin my entire day <laughs> that would be, yeah. i would be i would not be able to enjoy the rest of the movie because i would be sitting there being so mad and yeah. even matter by the fact that i know that what i should do is just get up and leave complain to the manager ask for my money back and be like i can't watch the fucking movie there's some assholes in there mm-hmm. like this movie mm-hmm. has been ruined for me now give me my money back i'm leaving um but like I also know my chances to get to a theater to see a movie are so precious right. that I wouldn't dare do that. Like I'd be, I'd be too afraid to risk the chance. And like, well, if I don't yeah. see it now, I'm never gonna fucking get back here. So what am I gonna mm-hmm. do? I'm just gonna sit here, be mad, yeah. have a terrible experience, yeah. and let that color my opinion of the movie. Probably, like all my memories yeah. of that movie would forever be mm-hmm. tainted by my anger about the situation. Yeah, uh, I'm hell. Yeah, yeah, literally. I got I got to unload. So right, you know, I I got to let it out and yeah. not just sit there and stew. If I'd stewed for another twenty minutes and then they left, mm-hmm. maybe I'd feel differently. But I got to like I I let the rage out, <laughs> and I'm sure everyone in that fucking theater heard me. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah, because I don't know if I if I mentioned on podcast because the first time I saw Licorice Pizza, 
I was kicked out because I told somebody else to shut the fuck up <laughs> because wow. I was just like, you're talking, shut up. And then the manager is like, or you need to go <laughs> because you need to go. I was the one caught talking in class. Uh, yeah. And what I was remembering is John Wick four was the one that people were like constantly talking through the whole movie, which mm. I told them to be quiet. They were a bunch of kids, but also I went, you know what? It's John Wick four after about like five, <laughs> 10 minutes. I went, Fuck it. I don't care at <laughs> this point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I am angry Such for is, you. This is the, yeah. That story has gotten my blood boiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, All right. So them's wild cards. Them's the Do wild cards. Want to. Well, we usually take a little break. I don't we should need probably to, take a but... quick. I just want to refill yeah. my water, really. That's yep. it. All so. Right. I don't know. Cup, do do some some banter before we move on to the top ten movies sure. of 2023. I'm just gonna do, be back in a flash. All right, but we're yeah. still going. We're still good. This podcast yeah. is still moving. Um, all right, because we're streaming now, we can't uh, pause and edit it later. Yeah, I guess not. Uh, I, I guess the other thing that I was and we, I don't know how much you yeah. care about this. I uh, but we'll see. One one of the things that I was thinking about giving a wild card for. I I like to save my wild card for like other cultural things that we don't typically talk mm-hmm. about on the podcast because yeah. it's not a game or a movie. But I guess I would like to mention that something, a, a significant release of art that I found significant in my life this year was okay. that there was a new Beatles song in the year of our Lord oh, 2023. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, you go ahead first. Yeah. Yeah. No. And just like the more, the, so I, I am a, a pretty avowed Beatles fan and um mm-hmm. the more that I le- it's and it's so funny how like I listened to the song once and I immediately thought like okay I like this I don't hate this mm-hmm. I didn't expect to like it because so far none of the I I've had some of my friends like really come around and be like oh yeah real love is actually pretty good and and oh, free as a bird's actually not that bad and I'm like <laughs> I, n- n- I disagree they both kind of suck um they, they yeah. are both like dad rock 90s songs <laughs> agreed I had the same thought where I'm just like I like this so much more than free as a bird yeah like, oh my god correctly um <laughs> no um, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the 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 uh, it is astonishing to me the mm-hmm. the circumstances surrounding its creation yeah. and how and I was having this conversation with our mutual friend uh, uh, Rich Durham last night oh, sure. about how mm-hmm. you know the uh, early news reports about it, the media messaging about the song caused so much confusion about what it was because most of the general population thought, wait a minute, they cloned John Lennon's voice like all those website voice clones and had him sing something he never really sang? No, that's gross. I don't want that. Of course you don't. No one wants that. And and it it had to, you know, and and like music enthusiasts and the music press had to really like do a quick Mm -hmm. course correction and be like, no, 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 that's not what happened this is a thing you yeah. recorded this is a real this is legit <laughs> this is a legitimate mm-hmm. release all four Beatles magically over the span of years by luck because George worked on this one day 20 years ago <laughs> so that yeah. we have a recording of him and we can say that he did something for it all four Beatles contributed to this song it is a miracle that it exists and the more I listen to it the more 
more I like it because unlike Real Love and Free as a Bird, which both feel like songs that Paul would put out in the 90s because they feel like <laughs> mm-hmm. 90s dad rock. They're like yeah. Eric Clapton at his softest. It's just they're both bullshit. <laughs> this song does not yeah. sound like that. This song sounds like what Giles Martin thinks a Beatles song should sound like, <laughs> which is correct. Yeah. No, you're right. No. Uh, yeah, I I missed a lot of the hype. I mostly knew it more on the side of knowing what Peter Jackson did for mm. the Beatles doc and then them mentioning the new song and I'm going, oh, shit. And what was really, really cool is I was home visiting my mom mm. when that came out. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so I got to show her, that's obviously. Really cool. And she knew nothing about. Yeah. So that was really cool to... Because I watched, I'm, I'm sure you did, like, I didn't listen to the song until I watched the 14-minute, like, putting it together documentary thing. So I, I had to build up to it. I think I listened to the song first and then watched the okay. documentary. Yeah. It's, it's really good with, like, the buildup, of course, and all that stuff, yeah, yeah. too. But just... I mean, like it, it feeling very special on like that end of things, but also just like, you know, I kind of forgot how wowed I was at the tech Peter Jackson made for that documentary because yeah, it's the, the, what I always go back to is like the audio was in the background and what they did, there were conversations being had because they didn't think the microphones could pick it up because they were across a giant room in the 60s. <laughs> there was a bunch of other noise going on. Like, it's amazing that you could isolate that specific of a spec now. Yeah. But you can yeah. do that only with his technology right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and this, and I, I, Rich, our, Rich and I didn't, I wouldn't say we had an argument about it. We had a very collegiate and interesting. <laughs> We came to blows, mm-hmm. gentle yeah. blows, but we came to blows. I had to pull um, them apart. <laughs> <laughs> about teeth. AI, and and I think oh, I, I was trying yeah, to make yeah, the yeah. point that uh, you know, I mean, uh, that that this is, I think, the best use case scenario for what we you know should dub uh, machine mm-hmm. learning, as opposed to you know, and 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 uh, juxtapose that against generative AI, which is the thing mm-hmm. that rubs people the wrong way. People don't want the ghost of John Lennon to sing a song that he never sang. People don't want a computer faking John Lennon's voice, creating something from whole cloth that rubs people the wrong way that crosses the threshold of the uncanny Valley and makes people uncomfortable. And, 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 and this is not that just knowing that this is not that, but this is something that Mm -hmm. only machine learning or, you know, this form of AI could do uh, is restoring audio. That was that badly Mm -hmm. degraded. Yeah, well, it's it's a human with lived experiencing using AI as a tool instead of AI replicating human experiences piecemeal. Uh, piecemeal. <laughs> without, I mean, a, AI doesn't have a POV. That's a like yeah, yes. like a human artist has a POV. There was a reason. Mm. Yeah, and that bridge is sick. <laughs> like, oh jeez! it yeah. sounds so good <laughs> i love that bridge yeah yeah hey good for paul for coming up with a damn good bridge uh good for, right good, like good for all and that it doesn't sound it also does not sound like 
a song that any of them, if they were still together today, it doesn't mm-hmm. sound like what they would write today. Because honestly, I don't know that yeah. anyone would be interested in what the four Beatles would write collectively together right today. It's probably not going to be right. very good. This is such a span and a collection of experiences between what between John's feelings in 1976 or so and right. or, or, or 78 maybe um, and Paul's feelings about all of their life's events now and Giles trying to make it sound like something from the 60s it's it's this it's a Frankenstein of perspectives that comes together better than something <laughs> than what 80 year old rock 80 year old rockers writing songs that kind of suck <laughs> yeah no I, I i think any uh especially our generation that like was really into beatles but then realized it was nine years it was like nine years yeah. eight or nine years none of them were 30 you know like it's <laughs> kind of to the benefit that you know like what would they have made in the decade to follow like mm-hmm. now they have a perfect perfect ish discography you know yeah yeah so yeah, it was cool yeah. did you listen to that beatles song tim i did not listen to that beatles song really yeah. watch watch yeah. the uh, little documentary it's good i i this thing came out in like what november yeah i probably found uh, out yes. about like a couple weeks ago that's like okay yeah <laughs> in passing yeah it's like did not did not pass my eyes. Um, news cycle is weird. <laughs> you know the way the way in which you know news reaches people is weird yeah. and scattershot. You know, federated um, <laughs> at this point. Yeah, yeah it, it's you know I I not that I I don't know that anyone there's probably somebody on my Twitter that would have mentioned it, but that mm-hmm. was when I was super not reading anything on Twitter. Uh, that yeah, exactly. Phase. Now I'm, I'm kind of reading stuff on Twitter sometimes. <laughs> Again, I, I I poke in. I feel yeah. like the last forever. Like I don't know. It still feels weird. <laughs> like I kind of look to like two or three like sources. I see what pops up. It's not yeah. unlike Facebook at this point. Yeah, I, Facebook. Uh, I just get nothing but fucking ads and suggested shit. Oh um, yeah. Some somehow my Twitter, I still get mostly what I want to see. <laughs> I'm still in my echo chamber. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. All right. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, to yeah, the yeah. Top ten uh, things <laughs> of the year. Uh, we'll just. How do you want to do this? We'll do our we'll do our movies and games at the same time. We won't. I guess we're not gonna yeah, go around sure. twice. Yeah. Yeah. Just every time we hit on us, we'll we'll talk about a thing. Though I'm. I don't know if I'm the only one that's, that probably has 10 games to talk about. Yeah, I only have three. Yeah, and I don't start talking about movies until seven. So, <laughs> but yeah, number 10, we switched number 10 right. movie, I guess, just movie. Sure. Uh, I think I think one of the fun things for anybody that's uh, listened to this podcast is how many of these movies crop up at the end of the year. I feel like half my list is stuff that we haven't really like mentioned. Uh, I only recently saw the holdovers, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Giamatti movie, uh, directed by Alexander Payne that did sideways. Uh, and that is my number 10 at this point. It is a really lovely, uh, throwback to like, uh, what, what is specifically like a Hale Ashby kind of comedy, which is 
basically like your Royal Tenenbaums, like your family comedy that has a little more edge than you were expecting um, with a fucking killer 70s soundtrack. (laughs) That's just, it's, when you watch Knives Out and you're looking at those sweaters and you're like, that looks cozy. (laughs) It's it's like that. It's a very, very, uh, you know, it's a warm, uh, emotional movie that isn't saccharine sweet, like, which is really, really hard. Um, and I've gotten to see, you know, I'm watching that show 30 coins, which I've mentioned before, which is a, a, a big heightened pulpy, you know, like, you know, uh, demons fighting on earth, uh, kind of thing with Paul Giamatti just like hamming it up. And then you've got the holdovers where he gives such a wonderful, uh, uh, Richard Dreyfus, but much better, uh, kind of performance, uh, of just a lonely school teacher with a lot more depth. It's, it's basically like, uh, Paul Giamatti, uh, a snarky kid and uh, one of the the kitchen workers are locked in a fancy pants school in New England, um, and chaos ensues. Uh, but it uh, just popped up on Peacock. Uh, it's a good time. It it's is on a Pe- very it's on easy. Streaming already, I believe in the last like this week. No, like way. it might have been literally today. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Well, ha- well that makes life easier me. for me. Yep. No, it's 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 a very easy, cozy watch. Oh, great! Like, yeah, that was one so of the, that was a theatrical Peacock. release. I knew that I wouldn't get to see before we did this, but that and yep. American Fiction are two big theatrical releases. I yeah, knew. Uh, I'm I'm bummed. American Fiction's not showing anywhere in our market yet. Not until wide release, oh, yeah. January fourth. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't gotten to see American Fiction. I've I've heard people. I've heard both sides. I've heard some people are disappointed with, yeah. but I I love Jeffrey Wright. So yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. All right. No game, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I have game and no movie. My number 10 is Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, ah. Probably yep. suffers a bit from having came out in like January, uh, February. It feels like a long time ago. Um, but also, boy, did a lot of good stuff come out between then and now. Uh, mm-hmm. It's funny because like going up until like when Tears of the Kingdom came out, and even after that, like the first like five months of the year, I felt like, oh, there's like Resident Evil 4 and there's, you know, Tears of the Kingdom just came out. And like, I think Jedi Survivor was something that I had uh, played quite a bit. But I was like, man, I haven't played a lot of new games. I don't know, man. It doesn't seem like there's maybe there won't be a lot this year. And <laughs> whoo, whoo, whoo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Hi-Fi Rush was cool. They, they just dropped that shit on Game Pass uh, when they right. announced the game. Uh, and that's a cool, you know, that's the rhythm based, uh, you know, character action game, um, with a really good cartoon cell shaded art style, uh, you know, doesn't only like 10 hours long, doesn't overstay its welcome. It's just fun and such a cool idea and feels good when you really get in the groove of, uh, Mm -hmm. fighting to the beat, the, uh, uh, invaders must die stage is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The game just like really gets better as it goes on. Well, the, the beginning is really good and then it's good and then it's really, really good at the end. So. <laughs> I mean, that's optimal, right? The yeah. other way doesn't work as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just bad. At the, it's good in the middle, but, but getting it started and getting it over with sucks. <laughs> no, but Hi-Fi Rush, 
yeah, yeah, great little game came out this year. Yeah, Dave. Uh, Dave. I thought we were doing five of each. I thought we were doing. A oh, top are we doing? It's a I top ten. I mean, between Is games that? and movies, I can have ten things. Is that how we should do okay. it? I'll just do All ten right. things. I mean, on the fly is pretty fun. So yeah, yeah, all right. yeah no, that, 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 it means that I was for games. I was honestly kind of reaching to fill out a list of five uh, because sure. there was one game that overrid all, overrode all others for me this year. Uh, so I'll start at my number ten. My number ten thing, my number ten piece of media uh, was okay. the 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 Last of Us TV series. And yeah. oh, yeah. okay, cool. Uh, you know, I think we, I feel like we talked about this a lot uh, when it aired but this was something mm -hmm. that uh, I, I think I, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it so much if I hadn't gotten to experience it with my wife who no, does didn't. not play those kinds of games and even though I knew all the story beats getting to experience it with her and having her appreciate what is a very very close adaptation sometimes beat for beat of the plot of that game and sometimes scene mm -hmm. for scene sometimes the way that cutscenes were shot and framed sometimes literally recreated in the game um and my wife is experiencing it as if it's one of the best prestige dramas she's seen all year and for her mm -hmm. you know she cares and invest and is invested about these characters and now has just as much of a crush on pedro pascal as the rest of us do like a normal person <laughs> finally jan get with the program yeah wow where's she been yeah i know she didn't <laughs> know who he was until until last of us and now she's like oh yeah oh wow of course, well, of course i love him just as much as everyone does um so yeah just getting to take that that uh, I it deserves all the criticisms of both I think you know the the original game and and for being sort of a, a rote by the numbers adaptation of that plot I mean it's I don't know it's not perfect but it was <laughs> it took a game that pretty much was just a prestige <laughs> story and adapted it quite literally and it worked as a prestige show because of course it did because that was the game's ambition <laughs> um on on paper it's you know it just seems kind of rote but i we had a great experience experiencing the plot of that game together in a way that she wouldn't have enjoyed in its original format yeah i mean whether you know i haven't seen it so i don't know on on the, the adaptation side, but that is a lot of people's high mark for game adaptations mm -hmm. at this point, just success wise, you know, maybe not in terms of it adding new to uh, the series, but just like bringing it and using the format well mm -hmm. to bring it to people that, you know, wouldn't have played the game otherwise too. Yeah. And yeah. one of those episodes that people were saying, like, yes, this is one mm -hmm. of the episode three uh, yeah, with yeah. Nick Offerman, you know, is it's one of those mm -hmm. episodes of television this year that everyone said at the time, like, this is going to go down as one of the most talked about episodes of TV all fucking year. And it is it, mm -hmm. it was the biggest departure from the game, but it is also a wonderfully powerful story. And, and, and yeah, it mm -hmm. really works. And so that's that's my number 10. Yeah, is The Last of Us. Nice. All right. Cool. Number nine. It's me. Uh, hey. Still no movie. Uh, <laughs> number nine for me is Sea of Stars. Uh, sea of Stars. Sea of Stars. 
Sea of Stars. Yeah, I'm glad that game came out pretty good. Uh, I started <laughs> that like years ago. Oh, uh, I forgot that yeah. that was a crowdfund. Yeah, yeah, that, they kickstarted that. Yeah, I played like an early demo of it. Like, yeah, mm. shortly after the Kickstarter, and then just didn't really think about it until suddenly which was what i do with kickstarter is they send me all these updates to keep me oh, I know. sure the game is coming out and i just don't read them um which <laughs> is how it was suddenly like oh shit you know helvetti's coming out i had three kickstarter games come out this year wow Helvetti, astral ascent and uh sea of stars um wow that's crazy i haven't gotten i'm just waiting for mina mina the hollower that's the yeah, only one i got yeah <laughs> yeah that one i think that's one of the only ones I still have outstanding. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. And uh, that uh, that one game that's never actually coming. Um, anyways. <laughs> yeah, but Sea of Stars was good. Um, they, you know, just just games trying to be Chrono Trigger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's, you know, I guess that's the the you know, the first impression you get out of the, the way you hop in and out of battle and it's not random and it's just right there on the, the screen, mm-hmm. the way the characters move around. But it's it's really it, it it's more just like of that era is what it feels like. But they made I feel like, you know, just traversing around the the areas is cool, even if instead of just kind of running around, you know, a maze, it's like, oh, I'm climbing up here and jumping over this and like. Uh, moving over that and swimming around. They made the battle system interesting. Story's good. You're going to interesting places uh, that I did not expect. The music's really good. Um, It is... The only thing that kind of bugs me about it is like... Well, I guess they're kind of a little bit hand-in-hand is backtracking is kind of a pain in the ass. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, just until like the very... Almost the very end of the game... It it is a lot of like if you want to go back to a place, it is tough to figure out how to get there, and a lot of times it involves like landing your boat on the one part of an island that you can, and then having to like go through every area there to get back. Which means I just (laughs) didn't do that. Um, and then to get like the super secret ending, there's like a bunch of side questy stuff you have to do. Um, some of which I did do just kind of because I was just naturally exploring and then some of it I didn't. And then I was like, Oh, well, what do I have to do? Oh, I have to collect all of those rainbow shells. Yeah. I'm not doing that. And then I turned the game off. Uh, it's just like, just really well paced, you know, fun characters, fun world. Um, it, it, it was good. They, they did a, they did a good job with that. I'm glad they're getting a lot of a uh, recognition for it. Tim, what's the, what's the RPG that you mentioned earlier in this podcast that came out at the very end of last year? Chained Echoes. Chained Echoes, that's right. So um, the Sea of Stars, uh, this Chained Echoes. Uh, I feel like about a year before Chained Echoes, Tim, you were raving to me about uh, CrossCode, I think. CrossCode's another very good one. I never finished CrossCode. yeah. It's been sitting on my Switch. Um, I I put about the same amount of time into CrossCode as I did uh, Sea of Stars, but I didn't finish CrossCode. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I can't tell the difference between those three games. It's, yeah, and I feel as and and that is I think part of my because I've heard nothing but good things about all of those games, but mm-hmm. they all and I I'm sure they all take their inspiration from different aspects of 16-bit RPGs. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know Sea of Stars. The Sea of Stars is more a 
deliberately Chrono Trigger-ish, right? That's you. That's you get one. that more of it, yeah, yeah, because because yes. that's the one by the by the messenger people, yeah. That's, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I I don't remember the pedigree behind Chained Echoes. Um, you are. I don't know if there the was person. one really. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you were far from the only person to tell me that Crosscode was great, and I would like to try all of these games <laughs> certainly. <laughs> uh, but also, I'm a little bit like. These games all look the same to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't, I couldn't necessarily, I couldn't pick one out of a crowd and be like, yeah, this is the one that I should play. Is Honestly, the that- music in Sea of Stars in the demo is what really like put me over. Yeah. Like it, it was enough that I was just like, well, I could spend 20 hours, you know, listening to this basically. Mm-hmm. Sea of Stars feels like it's the one that's gotten the broadest appeal. Okay. Uh, I feel like, you know, like cross code is tough. Like that, that is a tough game. That is more, uh, cause you have one character. It's more of an action RPG. And then yeah. like the dungeons have Zelda like puzzles to them. Uh, like really tricky Zelda like puzzles to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always Deco, thought of that one is yeah. more of a mana, more of a secret, which I guess. Yeah, sure. Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. But no, but those dungeons, they are fucking Zelda puzzles. Okay. Like, oh, cool. absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, cool, until you <laughs> have to do them. <laughs> They're hard. Uh, and yeah, yeah, Chained Echoes is just good, does some really cool stuff. Yeah, they, yeah, good story in Chained Echoes. I think I like it. Mobility is not a problem in Chained Echoes. That is the one of the strong suits of that game, is mm-hmm. how much you can travel that world easily. Um, Steve Stars maybe a bit tighter, just kind of stronger all around, in my opinion. Okay. But, Yeah. Sea of Stars also on Game Pass. Uh, I think it was on, well, it, it was on like one of the higher PlayStation Plus tiers, I want to say. But mm. ah, whatever, I kickstarted it, so that paid off. Uh, Dave, your number, number nine thing my, of the year. My number nine, I'm going to talk about F-Zero 99. I love the original F-Zero. Ooh. I love the original Super NES F-Zero. I love that this is a way for me to experience that game specifically in a fun new way. And it was free. <laughs> and that's kind of all <laughs> I needed from it. Uh, not too long ago, they released what they call a classic mode. I haven't even had a chance to try that out yet. Um, but that dials the rule set back to more original. Original uh, SNES era F Zero, um, yeah. So for me, a particular lover of the original 16-bit F Zero, even over the arguably superior sequels, that was a huge treat for me. A wonderful thing for me. That it was just pure delight. I had zero complaints about it. It was great. Loved it. I want to try the classic mode yeah. of it. Yeah, because that might be more in line with, with it, what yeah. I actually want to play. With what you want? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Huis. Uh yeah, no games yet on this one. Um this was uh, uh by seeing it with uh, a couple friends and a enthusiastic Austin crowd, but Cade the Tortured Crossing. Mm, yes. <laughs> the it uh I had mentioned before. Um it's weird because like generally when I'm trying to like rate things, I go with like entertainment value Mm -hmm. for the most part it's just strongest thing and like this could be number one for that (laughs) because it did exactly what it set out to do which is be funny and mystifying um the review i have pulled up 
from uh, the Austin Chronicles, Jenny Kay, is, well, he did it again, folks. Made me question if I've ever really seen a film before and hugged a woman for too long while kneeling. Um, <laughs> and that's all I can really say about that movie. It is, see it with as much, as many people as you can. It, you'll spend the whole movie questioning what is intentional uh, in a very fun way like how smart is he what are they doing on purpose what did they know going in what is comedy (laughs) it's it's just a really fun time especially if you want something very different (laughs) that is i wish i could organize a watch party of this because i was very very intrigued yeah when you talked about this on the podcast (laughs) it's yeah, I know it's a very, very particular kind of thing, but it is it is uh, king of party movies for the year that I saw, anyways. Yeah, no, I think if I could somehow get together with some theater friends, maybe, or, or oh, yeah, that would friends, be... I think they would appreciate it. Definitely. Yeah, perf- performances. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they didn't know. Maybe there was a script. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It all sounds great. Yeah. All right. Number uh, yep. eight, Dave. My Dave. number eight thing. Um, all <laughs> right. I feel I I almost feel like I shouldn't have this on my list, uh, but it, it because I'm so far from wrapping it up. Uh, but it's Scavengers Rain. Um, ah, cool. Yeah, yeah. We this it is. I, I'm, I've been chiseling away at it so, so slowly. And I know that I Bang. probably could just bang it out if I wanted to. I could probably, I could knock out four or five episodes at a time. Um, I save it as my workout treat, my exercise. Oh, cool. Treat to, to encourage me mm-hmm. to work out. Uh, yeah. Because it's so I compelling. Like um, yeah. But I haven't had any time to work out in like a month. So. It's been very sporadic. Uh, But it is like every episode I have managed to catch so far all but guarantees that no matter where this the story ends up going and how it ends, um, Mm -hmm. what this thing is, this piece of unique visual art is it is disturbing and haunting and poses questions about existentialism and the human experience and just mm-hmm. you know just here in the I'm not even halfway through yet um but ah, it is yeah, yeah. so just goddamn what a wild thought provoking trip every time while mm-hmm. still managing to just be like good strong simple plots interesting characters like all the good mm-hmm. groundwork of story. It, it sounds, I'm describing it in a way that sounds very highfalutin and intellectual, but it's not. It's just, it's, yeah. it's good sci-fi storytelling uh, with, with a particularly yeah. compelling visual look <laughs> and bio horror theme. It's not even bio horror, <laughs> really. It's just ex, exobiology. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. just weird no, I, stuff. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm on episode eight, which I literally watched half of like, uh, a half hour before, mm. uh, we were recording here. And I think one of the things that's interesting about that show is I always think it's quieter than it is. Cause mm. I think a lot of people, you know, there's, there's a lot of attempts to do similar sci-fi and usually it's very scant 
dialogue. Yeah. And I think it's really impressive that there is a lot of dialogue. Yeah. It just, it still feels like a quiet kind of show. That's like, an excellent point. I, I, I yeah. 100% agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah, yeah no, that's a hard, that's a hard thing to describe too. Like, right. it does. It yeah. feels, there is a stillness <laughs> to it. There is a quietude, but it's not like there's long stretches of silence. There's lots of right. good, strong dialogue. Um, yeah, the dialogue was remind like I haven't seen this season of Invincible, uh, but a lot of the dialogue kind of has that snappy. It's just like it's a little more swear ridden, you know, like it's it's adult graphic adult, novel yeah. kind of writing. Yeah, but also um, very naturalistic deliveries. I love yes. the acting performances yes, yes. in this. There are people that don't sound Agreed. like voice actors; they sound like real people just giving strong acting performances. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I just I I love everything about it so far. Yeah, feels like no, a cheat because I, I'm about as far into Fargo now as I am. <laughs> right, and I haven't put that on the list because Fargo. I feel like I really mm-hmm. need to see the whole thing first because otherwise Fargo would absolutely also be on this list. Yeah, I didn't didn't have anywhere for that. Or I mean, Scavengers Reign I would have just put as you know like the best the best thing you're not watching kind yeah, of thing, sure. which is annoying. It it. I guess it does give us more validity um, in terms of like entertainment podcast things where it's just like, oh, no, there's stuff that you don't know about that we are watching. That's good. (laughs) It's right there. Yes. This this is us telling you watch Scavengers Reign on Max. It's incredible. Yeah. All right. Who's next? Uh, Uh, Number eight, Weiss. Uh, sure. Uh, I put Creed three. Um, this was, it's tricky because, uh, early on in the year, this was probably the, the, you know, my number one movie in the year and trying to separate it from, you know, changing, uh, opinions. We're talking about Jonathan Majors, all that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. it's still a really good movie and Michael B. Jordan is still really good, uh, in terms of action directing at this point, not just action directing, but taking the emotional beats that were there, especially from the first creed uh, and working them in, in a way that still felt organic with the clearly anime influences that he had for uh, the fight scenes. And, you know, it goes full Evangelion by the end, (laughs) but also like, it's it's grounded. It was a very gripping story. Um, I'm excited to watch it again. Um, and there's there are parts that I I've thought about throughout the year, which you know for what could have been a throwaway third entry in a sport, you know, third slash eighth or ninth <laughs> entry in a series could have been such a throwaway. Uh, but they put a lot of work into the movie, uh, and I feel like if you didn't see it at the beginning of the year, it just disappeared now. Like, uh, I was just like, Oh yeah, that was 2023. Like it, yeah, it feels like it how much was last year there was about it at that time. Like, yeah, this is the best live action Hajime no Ippo adaptation. That's ever right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's good. It's, it's a, a very strong family drama. Um, yeah, I want to see it again. It's uh, it's unfortunate with all the stuff, but yep. yeah, it's there. <laughs> what you gonna do? What yeah, I guess that's do. number eight. Cool. All right, uh, my number eight is Final Fantasy sixteen. Right. I feel like I talked about the game yeah, yeah, quite a yeah. bit between the prestige and the music. 
business. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I had a, that game plays really well. It's a lot of fun. It was it was a good time. Um, I've heard this game described as a victim of its own expectations. That it was yeah. gamers as, as as we are going to as here's your Game of Thrones or rather here here's our Game oh. of Thrones and then it turned out not to be that. Um, no, I, but I still don't know very good nonetheless. They, I don't know if they pitched it as that or that's how people reconciled it because it was like an obvious. Well, I I, I think. I don't know whether remember it was confirmed or not that like, you know, the developers were like, here, you need to watch, you should watch Game of Thrones to get the tone that we're going for. And oh, I feel this like game. they outright stated in interviews that yeah. they are going for I don't know if they specifically named Game of Thrones by name, but like, I feel like they specifically said, like, we are going for a Western. Yes. You know, we're chasing a Western audience. We are going for a Western medieval fantasy series. They, yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah. It's more, more Western. They, you know, buckled it down mm-hmm. like less. Uh, I mean, consider Final Fantasy 15 was like, you know, guys <laughs> in a car on a <laughs> road trip. trip in the future, maybe. And this is like back down to like, no, we're more medieval and mm-hmm. warring nations and, and politics yeah. and stuff. Like, uh, yes, it was closer to that than where they have <laughs> been for sure. Way closer on the spectrum, but it's just like, you know, it's still a game made in Japan <laughs> like mm-hmm. by Squaresoft. So, um, it, I mean, it's still anime as fuck, mm-hmm. uh, when, when <laughs> it, when it gets to those big moments, but still it's, it's like compared to, oh my God. I mean, 15 is like my least favorite final fantasy. Uh, wow nothing good yeah. about it um uh, <laughs> it's like, a bum really? it's one of those things where like on paper it's and i guess that's the thing with like you've always come back to that with like b movies versus like whatever that is for games doesn't always work because on paper you're just sort of like that sounds so such a weird premise that at least i would enjoy the premise yeah but, but if it's not think. fun to play no People loved Makes... it at the time. Did they? Yeah. It was a big Not hit. me. It got crazy. <laughs> it did get a lot of, yeah, positive press. Sure. Yeah. At the time. I don't know. Well, so did Final Fantasy VIII. And how do people feel about that now? <laughs> I do um, <laughs> Yeah, I know. A lot of people love Jeremy Final Fantasy VIII. People hate Final Fantasy minds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, the, you know, Final Fantasy sixteen. uh, they, they, you know, it's it's a story where you know where it's going um, at a certain point. Like, mm-hmm. it's very easy to see the beats playing out, but it's still fun mm-hmm. to see those beats play out. Uh, I mean, like, what Final Fantasy doesn't end with some, like, un, you know, some god showing up and being like, yeah, I was behind this the whole time. Except this guy shows up at, like, the end of the first act. And there's no, so he's just there and he's involved the whole Good. time. Yes, exactly. Um but yeah, it has these big emotional moments and, you know, character development for Glumpy, Grumpy Clive. It has, you know, a really, it is a devil may cry ass battle system, um, but it's fun. You know, it, it is definitely not, uh, they did not go back to like something like turn based or any, like Anywhere, it's like, no, you have one character you play as, and you get all these insane powers to just wreck shit. Um, and that is always fun throughout, like, even if if you, the, anything else, like, no, you're having fun killing shit. 
uh, and you know, a good scope to it. Um, like the, the whole game only takes place on one little Island or technically two islands, mm. I guess that are very close to one another. Like you, you hear about the rest of the world and like whisper and tail, um, and like the way things are over the vast ocean. Mm. Uh, you, you hear I stories like that. that, but yeah. you never yeah. go there. Yeah. You are in one little cool. piece. It is very <laughs> scaled down. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, no, it, it's yeah. And like I said, yeah, great music um looks great uh as i there's dlc i gotta play now uh not gotten to come around on that but yeah after yeah 15 and you know i haven't really i tried a little bit of 14 so like the last final fantasy i played all the way through was 13 which was a ps3 game uh Hmm. over a decade ago uh yeah felt felt really good well, I don't know. I, you know, Final Fantasy VII Remake, I count as a Final Fantasy game, like a mainline one, and that was really mm-hmm. fucking good. So, but still, it was just like, yeah, no, yeah. this was good. It's not, it's not like my, a top tier Final Fantasy for me or anything. Um, <laughs> maybe upper mid tier, but yeah, it, it delivered. It was fun. It was good. Yeah. I want to play it. Yeah. That doesn't always happen with Final Fantasies. Yeah. Certainly uh, in 3D. Yes. Uh, number moving on to number seven. We wow, we're to seven already. Uh, we haven't talked about yet. I put Yorgos Lanthimos's Poor Things. Uh, this is uh, I've yeah, Dave, no, Dave. I've heard nothing about this movie. I have no idea how people feel yeah. about this movie. I think it looks interesting, but I could also yeah. see how it might be terrible. So I'm glad to see that you enjoyed mm-hmm. it. That's yeah, no, there's. I have I have friends that feel both ways. Uh, I feel like it's a movie you're going to feel strongly about in one direction or another. Okay. Um, it's there's there's one joke I hate, but otherwise it is very <laughs> very like you'll you'll know it's it's just it's us it's a lazy slur. They do it once, and I was able to compartmentalize it as a character choice and just kind of go, oh, that guy sucks. Okay and mm, okay move on but it did throw me for a good 10 15 minutes but otherwise it is i think emma stone's best performance wow. and i think one of the things that helped uh because i've never really seen her in interviews um like i know emma stone as like i assumed i knew her personality <laughs> but i didn't realize she was such a little weirdo and i think that's what real like uh, like I was watching her interviewed for Letterboxd and she's like, yeah, I love Boon Yi, you know, like the very weird, like Salvador Dali movies, like, and that's a lot of the, the, the visual influences, but it's not that off putting, like, it's still a very straightforward, it's basically a Frankenstein movie. Like it's, yeah. it's Bride of Frankenstein kind of thing. Um, I think where people diverge, I think a lot of people, are looking for the feminist analogy. And I don't think that quite works, Mm -hmm. but I do think the uh, fish out of water slash for me, honestly, like if you take it as like more neurodivergent Mm. side of things where it's, um, or just frankly, Frankenstein where it's somebody who doesn't understand the world, learning to understand the world. Um, 
You've got Mark Ruffalo as just a horned up fop. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, delightful. Super delightful. Uh, Emma Stone being the the folly for him. Um, was talking afterwards, and there's it's it's not, but it made me really want to see both of them in like a Pink Panther kind of movie, <laughs> just playing off of each other. Um, and that's that's what like the story side of things is. And Yorgos makes gorgeous movies. He, uh, he loves wide angle lenses the way I do, but doesn't use them in like the Terry Gilliam sort of way. It's, it's, it's just, it's very, I don't know. Like it kind of comes out of nowhere, but he uses them for awe. And there's a couple shots that were just like, I don't know, just wow. And you know, it's just a, a, as wide a lens as you can get. And that's what they did. But, uh, you know, there's, uh, and what you see in the trailers, like there's a dance scene with like her and Ruffalo. That's just, uh, super fun. But I think, I think the movie works so well to me because Emma Stone, not only is like an actor is a collaborator with the Orgos. And like, Mm. I think she was executive producer. I think she might've had a hand in like the writing. She was very, very involved. Like it felt like her movie. Um, that's very cool. And yeah, it's, it's really cool. And like, I, I rewatched the favorite before it, which I think is still, that's, that's my favorite of the Yorgos movies. I think, I think like the fun of that movie is like, it keeps, you know, you mentioned Game of Thrones and it's like that movie has a lot of fun with like letting the characters get what they want and then falling and then like coming back and like going back and forth between like two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and poor things is kind of a little different in that structurally, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's really cool to see somebody like that dialed in and it's, it's very weird. But as I said, like it's straightforward enough that I think like, most people would get the A to B like it's it's certainly mature and it's uh like you know ribald it's <laughs> it's 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 a little saucy. more like uh saucy uh it makes me think of i think it's called exit to eden the very weird <laughs> yeah okay so it's yes i know what that is yeah Whatever you can put that mood of weird sexuality is what Yorgos does. All right. Whatever that is, I I swear he has to be a huge fan of that movie. So it's <laughs> it's really fun though. I I, I think it's oh, worth a watch. Uh, that some people me... will hate it. It's fun. <laughs> All right. No, no. If I, I that that makes me much more interested in it. Cool. Oh yeah, and Willem Dafoe in crazy good makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't yeah. even mention. Yeah. <laughs> by but the yeah. way. By the by. That was number seven. <laughs> All right. Number seven. This is where I start talking about movies. Um wow. keeping in mind that I just you know, I only saw like a dozen movies and I chose not to talk about four or five of them. Uh sure. <laughs> <laughs> just I know. weren't even worth putting on the list. But the first thing I just wanted to mention was the Meg Two colon the trench. Yeah. Uh, hey. Which <laughs> I want to celebrate that existing. <laughs> yeah, that was. A I haven't hoot. seen it yet. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a hoot. I talked about it, you know, when when I saw it. Uh, it just was a fun movie uh, cool. that me and my kid enjoyed, uh, and ends especially well. Good uh, Jason Statham nonsense. <laughs> uh, I, I 
don't know it's as nonsensical as him being a super secret agent beekeeper. Um, Dude, I thought I was going to get like thrown out of the theater for laughing when that trailer showed up. I hadn't seen a thing and I was dying. Yeah, I'm like, what is going on? (laughs) Yeah. I forget I forget who that director is, but they make movies that are like, is this a comedy? Is this yeah. parody? I don't know. Yeah. Am I supposed to take this seriously? That his beekeeper is part of a secret society of secret agents called beekeepers? <laughs> he's just going to waste I'll see everybody? For, yeah, taking this old... Uh, I don't know. Either way, yeah, the big yeah, two. Yeah. Um, and, and my kid keeps saying, see you later, chum which is a great, horrible line in that movie. Uh, Number seven game for me. uh, This is where I have Super Mario Wonder. Um, Ah, This is also where I have Super Mario Wonder at my number seven. So let's talk about it. That's that's weird because I feel like I'm way happier with that game than you, yet they're in the same place. Yeah, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Kind of a little lower than I expected from uh, both of you on that one. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, a lot of good stuff came out this year. Yeah, that's true. That's a very good year. Maybe it should be higher. I don't know. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I I had a blast playing that game. That's wonderful. Uh, from from beginning to end. Yeah, I just had had a lot of fun with it. Just uh, nonstop fun, fun, fun. Neat, shiny candy things popping off the screen at me. <laughs> uh, this is great. I have yeah, I haven't gone back to it to do more uh, collecting. Um, but yeah, it's just I had it was great. Yeah, uh, this is a game that I. I just, my relationship with this game is so weird. While I'm playing it, I, I can't remember the last time I played a game where, like, while I'm playing it, I'm like, wow, this is so brilliantly designed. Everything about this is, like, just really just engaging. And and there is, like, the mind behind this. Like, I am, I am seeing the designer behind. And it is all, like, I, I feel like I am, you know, communing with someone else's mind. Because this is so well designed. Uh, the challenges here are so well thought out. I can tell exactly. <laughs> it's like they are thinking what I'm thinking about. Uh, it's fun. Like, it is the most, the, the best, most tight controls on any of the polygonal 2D Super Mario Brothers games. Yet it does everything that new Super Mario Brothers did tepidly, does it well. Uh, and then when I'm not playing it, I have zero desire to go back to it. Just like <laughs> leaves okay. while I'm in there, I fully recognize like this is an amazing game. This is top tier craftsmanship. And as soon as I put it down, I'm like, I have it. I in no way feel compelled to pick it up ever again. Like, I I, I, I can't think of the last game I felt that way uh, about it. Which is a shame that it's just it's not a game that I give any thought to when I'm not. I never think. Mm, can't wait till the next time I get to play some Super Mario Wonder. Always enjoy it. Once I do, but I have, but it, there's nothing pulling me back to it. Um, and that's fine. It's not the game's fault. It's more to do with me and my relationship with it, wh- whatever that is. But needless to say, I think it is amazing in that what is sure to be the Switch's final full year as Nintendo's primary console, yeah. uh, it has ended its life cycle with a Mario and a Zelda game that are just as like must own games for the system as the two in the in the as as Breath of the Wild and Odyssey were in its first year. Like Breath of the Wild and Odyssey were easily like 
with these two games, buying a Switch is a no-brainer. These two games are worth buying a Switch for. And that you can say that again about those two games mm-hmm. in its final year. Like, there is a mainline Mario and Zelda game that are both so good, it's worth buying a Switch just for these two games. That's just incredible to be able to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a weird journey for me just watch it because, you know, Wonder was announced and like I had fun with new Super Mario Brothers, but, you know, I wasn't going to buy another one. Yep. Solo. Uh, That's how, had, exactly how I felt, too. Yeah. And and then I kind of, you know, I watched like half of the first trailer. I was just like, OK, I you know, like it looks better, certainly, uh, but didn't draw me in. And then people started talking about it. And now that I've watched, you know, a couple end of the year things, I'm just like, well, I need to buy this game next time it goes on sale on QVC or whatever. Like, it's, <laughs> and just seeing, I, I think that's the thing is like seeing the variety. Like you don't, you don't get that at first that there's like, oh, that's what the game is doing mm-hmm. is that it's so different. Every single like yeah. playthrough, it looks yeah. like, or at least stage. Yeah. Yeah, there's so yeah, much. Every more. level has its own little thing. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So to a degree that uh, you know the the new Super Mario Brothers series was so so sorely lacking. Yeah. 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 Give it that. An objectively great game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, cool. number sixes now. Six. Yeah, we're on yeah. six. Yeah, six. Um, and we're starting with me. Uh, at six, I have Street Fighter Six. All right, uh, number synergy, man. Oh, it feels mm-hmm. good when they make a really good Street Fighter game. Yeah, <laughs> like that's yeah. a goddamn oh, great game that I have just not spent enough time with. Yeah, I'm. I haven't spent enough time with it either, and I've spent over fifty hours playing it, <laughs> <laughs> according to Steam. Just sitting here plugging away. I've I have just played probably just a couple dozen hours, just grinding on the ranked ladder with Zangief. Uh, and having a great time, just like they, yeah, they clearly looked and learned from Street Fighter Five, mm-hmm. which everybody just kind of said, "Okay, it's Street Fighter, and we're it exists. We'll, we'll deal with it." Mm-hmm. Like every, everybody played Street Fighter Five, but mm-hmm. it seemed like nobody was happy about it. Um, <laughs> like they they improved a lot from like the place that it launched at, but still, just just people were just always just complaining. Like nobody's complaining about shit. With Street Fighter Six, yeah, uh, nice. just the the personality, the vibe, the music, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. the the characters, yeah. the the way how expressive they are. It, it's what you wanted, you know, what attracted people to Street Fighter Two to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. that, that machine just seeing those big, larger than life characters and the music and the moves, and you know, this game draws you in that same way. There was just like something about five that lacked that level of pop and personality. And like the characters mm-hmm. were big, but they just even, even, you know, what giant ass, uh, what's his name? Abigail, like that huge oh, sure. you know, guy, you know, he's huge guy who just didn't just those characters just didn't pop off the screen at you yeah. with personality, the mm-hmm. way they do in six, uh, the, the way they're, so animated and and expressive and and express their movements and their fighting styles. Yeah. Well, there's and, and more presentation. It felt like mm-hmm. too, and I, yeah. I didn't know much of five, but from the little that we played of six, it felt like a lot more personality than four or five. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, more more than four for sure. I mean, four is a, is a game that I think is generally loved amongst the Street Fighter. 
yeah. fan yeah. base. Yeah, for, yeah, for yeah. bringing Street Fighter back. Um, but this, yeah, it just seems like everyone's like head over heels about it uh, in the mechanics and, and the way it plays and everything. And like the, you know, the 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 fight intro song with with the yaz yeah. that and he, <laughs> well predictably you know watching the the final the top eight at evo and hearing an arena full of people chant along with the yaz oh wow yeah awesome yeah that that's one of the things and also there's a one of ken's ken's super art he says sit down and shut up and you hear everybody yell it along with him <laughs> it's just like wow it, it's, yeah it's it yeah yeah that's yeah. that's the cool thing about watching evo top eights it's like watching yeah it's there, there's like a wrestling pro wrestling connection with the mm-hmm. audience in the games that you see uh and so yeah street fighter six oh number six movie uh i put guardians of the galaxy volume three improbably. i also put guardians of the galaxy oh, volume three yeah cool yeah somewhat uh i don't know improbably yeah that movie <laughs> delivered where most other marvel stuff this year really didn't for me uh um yeah i've only uh <laughs> i was thinking about that because i as i said i still want to see the marvels uh yeah. but you know and i like loki but that's a whole other thing i, I feel yeah. like guardians uh just it, all of our expectations might have been a little low <laughs> and yeah. I think that might have helped. But yeah. also, I, I saw the movie twice, so I knew what I was mm-hmm. getting into by the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it it worked as not only a send-off to the series, but uh, kind of to where Marvel was, you know, yes. give or yeah. take. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, because, yeah, it felt like an end cap of, like, the MCU back when everyone was still, like, super into, like, everything yeah. that was happening. And, right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, especially those characters in in Rocket's storyline, of course, and yeah. just violently tugging on people's heartstrings in that movie. <laughs> yeah, it. I mean, and it worked. Like, I don't know. Like, I I get. Uh, you know, I've I've heard some pushback on, you know, how that was used, but I feel like it worked so well for me, and it worked well enough that like I went back to watch the Guardians movies too. It's mm-hmm. like. Enough that, like, I care more about Rocket now than before I watched that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, when I see him show up, I'm more on his side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And it, it I don't know. I, I thought it was smart to kind of put Chris Pratt on the back burner, but still have him there. Like, yeah. Um, I know the. <laughs> The the stuff with Zoe Saldana was like a little dicey because they kind of had to, you know, deal with a lot of story and that was mm-hmm. hard. But I don't know. Like I was I was so engaged in that story. I love what they did with Will Poulter and, you know, like all of all of the Adam Warlock stuff, like the angle that they took. That was so funny, <laughs> like just making him goofy, Rocky, Rocky Horror kind of thing. Um and there's so yeah. many like like wonderfully weird stuff. Uh I didn't didn't realize how much cuz I was, uh I like the show Farscape and I re- <laughs> I I learned that James Gunn was also a very big fan enough that he put uh Ben Browder in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 which I didn't even fucking notice uh <laughs> when I watched it. He's in the beginning, but the second that that 
was mentioned, I'm just like, yeah, of course. That's what Guardians of the Galaxy is. It's the weird sci-fi show. It just has the spotlight on it, whereas Farscape was, like, in the shadows. Mm. You know? Like, <laughs> if this wasn't Marvel, uh, it would probably be a more adult version of this exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, got to a good place at the end of it. Felt sad that it was you know, going mm-hmm. away, but, you know, probably for the best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> is- and it was, you know, it was, it was the first, uh, I mean, we had Peacekeeper in there, but it was the first, like, James Gunn, like, feature since, like, his weird, like, director jail with, like, the right wing, like, you know, internet trolls. Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. That's you know right. what I mean? Yeah, where you got canceled so it for felt a like, minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Before they realized they were like pulling up like 10 year old tweets and stuff like yeah. that. But so it was like, you're really like kind of on his side when he's doing well here too, where it's just like, oh, okay, cool. So like, he's got something to prove. He did it. He closed off. What's, you know, probably the best franchise within the franchise of those, which is yeah. kind of hard to let go of in a way, but is nice to have a little closure within the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yes, our number six. Yeah. Dave, then. Yeah. Dave! All right. Uh, this is where I am going to put a, I think, pretty significant mm-hmm. documentary release that did not get a Ooh. theatrical release. Uh, it was a late year release, and it's mm-hmm. not even technically a movie by most conventional standards but i'm fully putting <laughs> on the documentary plagiarism and you uh, tube by h bomber guy the four uh, hour okay. plagiarism expose i'm glad you're yeah. mentioning this because i i meant to put it on because yeah. it was a, certainly a feature-length thing that i watched this year that was very good yeah it <laughs> oh was, okay i didn't know you saw it too yeah yep yeah, yeah. um it took me I think two weeks to chisel my way through it. Uh, uh, but yeah, you know, it was uh, compelling. I watched it backwards kind of. Oh really? So How it's like, well, well, it's like, well, so it's like you posted that like Brett was in it. Yeah. So yeah, like, I saw and that. I, and I went and I watched the, like the piece about James Rolfe. So I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows this point. This is like this huge four hour, uh, you know, little documentary about the way YouTube's uh, you, certain YouTubers plagiarize things. Uh, one in particular, yeah. uh, one guy in particular. Oh, okay. So it's like, yeah, I watched the bit about Brett <laughs> and then like Lauren had been watching it like in the background, like while she was at work. Mm-hmm. And then when she got done with work, she came and she put it on the TV basically right before the reveal of this video was about James Sunderton. Yeah. Uh, so I saw mm-hmm. the last two hours before I watched the first two hours in oh, detail, okay. which gotcha, is gotcha. fine. But like, yeah, g- g- go yeah. on. <laughs> Yeah. Build up. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is 2 hours of well and 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 what's great about this is that I, I was trying to explain this to to Jan because in so many ways that like the kinds of documentaries that we saw when we first became adults and we first started believing in things and and it was it was mostly michael moore who can rightly be (laughs) accused of like while yes i agree with him he plays fast and loose enough with the truth that it can arguably said that he is a propagandist more than he is 
a documentarian. Mm-hmm. Like he has causes that he is championing, champion, championing, right, and right. he is framing facts in a very deliberate way in order to effect change. Now, just because they happen to be changes that I agree with uh, and 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 generally mm-hmm. wholeheartedly support, that doesn't change the fact that that you know it 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 can be if you really sort of examine some of the receipts. You, you you can find a lot of fault with him and 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 so it's i love him but he is perhaps an imperfect delivery mechanism for the kind of change that i want to see this is an issue now yes. plagiarism on youtube is an issue that i really hadn't given a second thought to but when you start watching this documentary and you start you know thinking about the 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 people that he mentions it while it is specifically about maybe five or six youtubers and James Summerton in particular, um, you can see how easily widespread the, moreover, just the issue of misinformation is, even among those of us who feel that we are internet savvy enough to recognize obvious misinformation, this is a subtler, Mm -hmm. softer form of misinformation, whereby what is accepted as general knowledge is manipulated mm-hmm. by people who are simply picking and choosing what to steal from other people and then sometimes filling in the rest by making shit up whole cloth. And as someone who increasingly am finding a lot of both entertainment and learning value in going down particular YouTubers rabbit holes, especially, you know, I've, I've become a big fan mm-hmm. of, um, Secret Galaxy, who I know our friend of the show Robert V. Aldrich uh, watches. Uh, Dan Larson, uh, he is a he's a toy expert, um, and so <laughs> his like very succinct but entertaining histories of some of our favorite toys, TV series episodes, <clears throat> things from our childhood um, is wild, wonderful stuff. And while I like him. He's a cool personality, and I like to believe that he's done a lot of his own research. It also makes me question, like, in everything I'm consuming, how do I know? How do I know that this yeah. person has done this much research? And the thing is that H-Bomber guy, like, he's it throughout these four hours. He's got all the receipts. He's mm-hmm. He builds such a case, and he builds it up in this tremendous—in this— a kind of an unassailable way um, that you <laughs> not only do you sort of not doubt the truth of it, but you also have necessarily have to question now the truth of everything on the Internet, which obviously it sounds obvious. But even those of us who grew up mm-hmm. with the Internet and feel like we are Internet savvy, it's a testament to how much we don't know that we don't know. Um yeah. And it's funny oh. as hell. It's quick. Okay. It's 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 fast paced. It's very quick cuts. Mm-hmm. It's entertaining as hell. It's a really fun watch. Um, and 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 that's even before he gets to the issue of like queer erasure, which is part of his whole issue with James Summerton is is that James Summerton is is plagiarizing from gay scholars chronicling gay media. And then complaining about like gay stories aren't told and the history of gay art isn't told and I'm the one doing it. And like, no, dude, you're stealing from people and not crediting them. You are erasing them. Like it's so it's it's entertaining to watch because of the comeuppance of that. Also, Mm -hmm. Um, it's just it is 
a mind-blowing documentary. Uh, no, I, I mean, you've definitely sold me at this point. Like, I, I added it to my watch list while we were mm. talking. Um, <laughs> yeah, because the, the only person in there that I'm at all familiar with was James Rolfe. Yeah. Um, oh, did you get, like... I guess I it's weird because I followed H Bomberman guy for, I guess, a long time at this point. I didn't know he had a documentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had no idea about any of this. I, stuff. I didn't know who he was until suddenly yeah. the internet was like, oh, a new H Bomber guy video dropped because I guess now he mm-hmm. only does this about once a year. And he's he's oh, over the past why? eight okay. years or so. He has gotten to be known for taking mm-hmm. an entire year to make a very thorough video essay um, and tim i've okay. only started to dig into the one that you told me to watch about the yeah um yeah we so sound we, from roblox but it's yeah. already like i'm in now i'm into the tommy tallarico section i'm like oh yeah. he's gonna have a lot to say about oh this. i might yes. have seen that one okay <laughs> yeah, that, that that is what that one is actually about is tommy tallarico okay. which yeah you know again it, oh i know someone <laughs> yeah but for, for those listening, yeah. it's like, you know, Tommy Tallarico used to be a man about like, you know, he was at MAGFest for like a yeah. certain spread of years. He was at VG Expos for a certain spread of years. You know, I've seen video games live, live. I learned how to do good reverb from Tommy Tallarico on my, <laughs> right. on my, comp- on my musical composition. And, and you know, he, yeah. he was a casual guy that we yeah. would like pass by for like a few years. Yeah. 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 Like he, he was around at conventions yeah. and, and also, I guess just for like people our age when you had g4 tv and he was yeah. all over it uh yep. and know, earthworm jim i yeah, mean and that's and his big aladdin yeah his, his big music hits were in the yeah. 90s until he you know stopped doing music entirely and became the guy who did the roblox oomph sound uh that was yeah that was a fun <laughs> one to watch <laughs> yeah <laughs> no the I mean, it's a weird tangent, but I, I listened to a AI podcast off of TED Talks, and they were just talking about how, you know, it's it's not as much the the big giant bubble of dis- disinformation. It's more like the one-on-one relationships that have bad information in them because yeah. you listen to a podcast or you watch a streamer. And you just, you have an intimate relationship with them. We've probably said the wrong thing, sorry guys, at some point (laughs) to somebody that trusts us. Uh, And you just, you have to take like these things as grains of salt, grains of salt, you know, and see that separation of just like, what is a journalist? What am I taking verbatim? What am I just, you know? When you later have a conversation, you're like, oh, people are saying blah, blah, blah. Well, are people saying that? Or did that one podcast you listened to say that? Well, and one of the best things that I think he does throughout this documentary, like about every, and this is a long documentary, so maybe every half Uh hour or so, he, he like pauses to remind us, like, now you might be thinking at this point. What's the big deal? It's just YouTube, right? Like you, but this is, it's people stealing from each other. Is this just YouTube drama? Like, why is this a big deal? And he's, and and he's got to constantly remind the audience, the big deal is money. The big Mm -hmm. deal is that people are stealing content, repurposing it as their own and 
earning way more money than actual legitimate journalists at established journalists. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like people, for, reporters from the New York Times are saying like, James Somerton makes more than twice as much as I do via his Patreon oh, yeah. alone. And this is an insult to everything I stand for, you know, like, um, so, so that's the thing. Like, please, people know that if you I, I love that if you do love us, listeners, I we love you. And I hope that you the feeling is mutual. <laughs> but know that we don't earn any money from this. Like, no, yeah. Fat Gatsby is not a an income generating concern for us. Um, but content creation is you know, for so yeah. many people. And there are so many people that are just th- that individuals, individuals who have just figured figured out the mechanism to grind it down to its most efficient to 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 do the yeah. absolute bare minimum, literally just copy pasting other people's work in order to generate content. Um, and and the best ones do it with such a flair, with a, with such a personality flair that they can develop a cult of personality, launch a Patreon, get people to just send them money for regurgitating stolen ideas, mm-hmm. and it's and and it's sickening. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot that I could. <laughs> I was gonna say my last job, as well as anyone who does uh, video work. Uh, what are the most ads you see for Mr. Beast? Mr. Beast is hiring a thousand video editors every day wow like it's yeah it's it's a lot of the jobs right now for video are i mean it's all content creation yeah you know like that's that's where stuff is and i guess like the trick is that everybody assumes everybody is making money to a certain degree now i I think there's a soft implication if you're on youtube if you're making a thing well you better be getting some money for it or something yeah yeah, I'm not know. sure what the threshold is it's on YouTube well. that like <laughs> you know uh, of actual like you know how big does your channel have to be before you are you know really mm-hmm. making money like doing that for a living like you know Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's probably a lot bigger than you think. <laughs> like you know Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I think I mean there's there's, you know, YouTube, you know, like your certain subscriber amount and then you're making money or whatever. But there's, you know, Patreon, there's, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's the other stuff that's built yeah. in there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other yeah. stuff on the side. Like, yeah. Right. Okay. Woo. All right. Anyways. Yeah. 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 yeah we, right. could, we could talk about that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. We could. <laughs> that was a whole other topic. Yeah. Yeah. Because that video dropped between our last podcast and now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I yeah. It was pretty recent. Yeah. No, I will definitely be seeing it. Yeah. Um, okay. And we see you and I had the same number yeah, six. For six. Six is dead. So we're on number five. Uh, we, why don't we start with you on five? Sure. Easy transition. I put a documentary on this one. Uh, I mentioned it earlier in the year, but this is, uh, this was kind of a sneaky one because it didn't really get like a real release, but it is this movie sirens, uh, that is this documentary. Yeah. Uh, you talking about this now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's, uh, uh, Lebanon, uh, heavy metal lesbian, uh, rockers in, uh, <laughs> in a war zone. Uh, it's just, it's a really, 
enthralling. It, it sounds like it's super heavy and that stuff is there, but it's, it's weird because like all, all the heavy political stuff is just like, just out of frame. Like literally while you're walking around seeing uh, like the countryside and stuff. And the, the two leads of the band are just like super funny, just like fucking around like kind of people. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, right. You can't talk about being gay in this country. Oh, right. Like this or that. And it, it, it builds in very interesting ways. It it doesn't really have like a super satisfying ending. Cause I feel like they were, uh, I don't know. I don't know how you would end this kind of story. Like they're still kind of on the road to building their band, but you do get to see like, uh, you know, a small venue turn into an enormous venue sort of thing. Mm. Um, the music's really good, but like, it's, it's really good just because the band is like super charismatic and you want to hang out with them. <laughs> and then you get to learn stuff about somewhere else. Uh, it's on canopy. I realized, so I got to rewatch that. So if you got a library card, it's there for free. Oh, check out canopy. Yeah, it's good. Oh. Canopy and hoopla both there with your library hoopla. card. <laughs> I sure wish I could use those. I can't. Oh, is it I your have... area? Yeah. Yeah. It's my, it's, it's my <sighs> local library. It's where I live. I do not have access to Canopy. It sucks. I've Damn. I've wanted Canopy for years, and yeah, I am unable to get it. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to. I I literally got it just to see if this, uh, and a couple other things. Yeah, but yeah. but most people and, can. Most people de- like go for, mm-hmm. yes. I'd go to your local library and sign up for Canopy and Hoopla. They're super yeah. awesome. I'm so jealous of everyone. Huh. Yeah, and you don't. I mean, you don't even have to. You know, if you have a library card and you can in your area, just like you don't, you know, it's just on my TV. (laughs) I just put my library card in like my password. But uh, yeah, it's a good time. It's it's as I said, the movie, you know, uh, talk enough about Natasha Leone, but it was Natasha Leone and Maya Rudolph were the ones that produced this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It's. It kind of came out in 2022, never saw theaters, never got a push or anything. So check it out oh. is good. Sirens. Yeah. Sirens. Moving right along. We're on. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My yeah, library system five. has hoopla. It looks like great. Hoopla is also good. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Better than nothing. Do they also have canopy or did they just add hoopla? No, sorry. I just went uh, down a went down a library hole. I know. <laughs> so, so my library looks like just actually does have canopy and hoopla, but I mm-hmm. don't live in the municipality where my library is located. Oh. And because oh, my man. address is not in the same municipality, I am not eligible to get a canopy barcode. Like it's annoying. What like if you get a, a VPN? <laughs> no, even that because it, it's, it's it's my Canopy. address. It's my like oh, I have your to, physical I address. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, yeah, and that was yeah. I'm funny. very new to it. Yeah, yeah. But the, in fact, it was the clerk, the library clerk, who I asked. Like, mm-hmm. she was like, "I am in the exact same boat as you. I don't actually live in this city, even though I work here um, in the library. Yeah. We're like, we've been promoting Canopy and get trying to get all of our patrons to use mm-hmm. it. I can't use it. I feel your frustration. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah. I for, man, I forgot to make a 
I don't know, just, just somewhere here to mention, I just finished reading uh, Michael Harriet's uh, Black AF History. Oh, awesome. Which I've was, been very interested in reading that. Yeah, which I borrowed from my local library the second it came out. Oh, excellent. Um, and yeah, it was a, a fantastic read that, you know, continues to make me furious what we were actually taught in school. Uh, <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> God. <laughs> Just I'm, like, I'm, I'm a big fan of his on the internet, and so I've been yes, very looking forward to reading this book. He is... He he is continuously a, a shining spot on the hellscape that is Twitter. Uh, just does great Twitter threads. Um, yeah, great Ooh. things to say. Uh, great great person historian to follow. Uh, yeah, that book's great. So check that out um, from your local library. Uh, yeah, number five libraries. for me. This is where I have the boy and the heron. Mm. Um, ah, yes, which is cool. I'll come up. Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that coming up? Robbie yeah, Pats, how do you do? How do you do with that oh, voice yeah. acting? Wild well, what? People, well, people, people, uh, are loving, people are loving Robbie Pats. Yeah, well, I'll, voice acting. His first major voice acting role. The I can tell you, but Tim, dubs. which did you watch subs or dubs? Oh, oh, we watched dubs because we had the child with us. Ah, right. uh, okay. Despite I, I watched he, both. Uh, okay. He, he had <laughs> just watched a subtitle movie the previous weekend. I was like, come on, like, <laughs> please. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like let's let's. No, just... that would have been a harder one. Honestly, either one. I'm kind of curious how he did with. It's a little heavier. Yeah, but you know, I I enjoyed the boy in the hair, and it was kind of a greatest hits of uh, Miyazaki's stuff mm-hmm. and themes and journeys. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's. I think that's the first one I've really seen on the big screen. I haven't seen like any of the the re releases of his older stuff. Um, mm-hmm. so that was a treat, uh, you know, teeth coming yeah. out of, uh, the heron. That's really oh, fucking yeah. weird looking, um, <laughs> Batista as a general of parakeets. Yeah. It's <laughs> amazing. Honestly, <laughs> like it's, it's weird. Like I loved what Pattinson did. Like mm-hmm. that surprised the hell out of me, especially after watching the sub, because it's such a particular voice. Mm-hmm. He, the only thing with yeah. the voice stuff for me is Mark Hamill and Batista, while they still did good, of course, they're great. They took me out of it because I know them so well. Uh, I was just like, that's Dave Batista. That's Mark. Yes. yes. You know what I, I mean? I was like, <laughs> I didn't get Mark Hamill as much oddly, but like, yeah, Batista uh-huh. was like unmistakable. I know this oh, man yeah, yelling. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but also i love that character <laughs> yeah yeah that was that was fantastic uh yeah yeah just yeah it was just really cool delight to watch um good weird stuff going yeah. on in that um I'm and my number five what? i'm embarrassed yeah, to I, admit that we were looking for a movie to take the kids to not too long ago we were like neither of us really give a shit about wonka Actually, Jan did, and then I was mm-hmm. like, I don't really give a shit about Wonka, uh, and like we couldn't find any. We were like let let the kids look, and the thing is, this movie is not on any of their radars at all, and like it didn't even mm-hmm. occur to me mm-hmm. because I'm only seeing adults watch. And I'm like, oh wait, no, it's a fucking Miyazaki movie. We should all go see this as a family. This would be right. great. Yeah. yeah, I think I might I t- try to take them to see it tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that was like I was going to try to I I told, you know, Richard that at some point this week we could go see a movie. Um, There was nothing I was terribly enthusiastic to see that was not the Iron Claw. Yeah. Uh, But I was like, "Uh, that's a Richard movie. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. So 
But yeah, if that fate came to be, it was either going to be fucking Wonka or Aquaman or Migration. So mm, right. pick your poison. But we didn't end up having time just as it, as it all shook out, um, mainly because I f- fucked up the pipe under my bathroom sink. So that had to be addressed. <laughs> oh, no. Killed my Wednesday. Yeah, the, the pay, piping in this house is very old. Uh, <laughs> <Ooh>. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? it seems like it's the piping that went in when they built the house oh god <laughs> that's gonna cost me a lot more money um um tangent does anyone yeah. know I, any reason i know you know kumail mm-hmm. nanjiani is in it and so he has been promoting it oh, but like migration. is there yeah is there any reason to watch migration is there any um is there anyone behind it i forget it who was let me see who the, I feel like the director was some I'm buying timed. Um, so Leo is supposed to be better than it looks. Yeah, I never would, I didn't know that that was a Robert Smigel movie. And I'm, I'm right. Seeing him that was the hell out of it now. Yep. I did the same thing. <laughs> uh, oh, it's the person. Uh, so the person that directed Migration did a great movie called Ernest and Celestine. Uh, years ago, like a really gorgeous, like French. Okay. Uh, I never got to see it either, so I don't have much to say about it. But it, I, it looked in the vein of like Triplets of Elville. Okay. Kind of like, just very, very pretty. But yeah. that's so credibility as a director. That's that's all I know about right. it. But didn't really. I don't know. That trailer didn't do much for me yeah. aside from I love Kumail, but whatever yeah all right nah not for me i mean wonka at least is paul king i don't you know it it might still be good but i'm not i'm not rushing out (laughs) no no Um, paddington too you should (laughs) (laughs) paddington's see your paddington's baby yeah uh number five for me is marvel spider-man 2 uh Ah, okay yeah, that game was was great. Uh, I saw a lot of people crowing after the game awards that it should have won an award. And I say, no, not compared to the other stuff that actually won awards, but it was very good. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, had a blast. 100% of it got the platinum. Uh, just continues to build on what they've been doing with those other Spider-Man games. It's the best, most fun open world stuff that is going on even though it is you know one of those open world things it's just like the the entire movement and being spider-man just makes it so much better um yeah since then yeah my kid he's he's played all through the first spider-man and he's like at the end of miles morales now so he's been playing those games too so that's cool uh yeah so you know i'll be looking looking forward to spider-man 3 when that drops uh just yeah just great stuff yeah, I haven't heard anybody complain about that game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess like while I was listening to like some game of the year stuff, I, I started hearing so because that that's the thing about game, you know, reviews and games media. I mean, less so now because a lot of game review content comes out on podcasts when you have multiple people there talking, but it's like when you see like the God of War Ragnarok reviews or the last of us two reviews. And it's like, you know, the person who got the review is someone who's enthusiastic to play the game. So naturally you get a high score, a higher Mm -hmm. score naturally. And it's just like, at the end of the day, it's like, Oh, this outlet gave this game a 10 out of 10 or whatever. It's like, well, no, really it was that one person at that outlet who reviewed it. 
And then you listen to their end of year spiel and you find out like, oh, no, there was like three, four people on that staff that, you know, you know, thought it was okay or just hated it. You know, Mm -hmm. you forget there's yeah, there's a diverse range of opinions for any video game. So there's some people that look at Marvel Spider-Man 2 and just like, "Ah, it's just another open world game that's not doing anything particularly special because I don't care about Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. So, but yeah, you know, I, I think it is still recognized that like, yeah, they're, you know, insomniac is, is killing it over there with that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right, Dave, you're number five. My number five. This is where I am going to talk about Castlevania Nocturne. Uh, season three of the Netflix series, but also a soft reboot switching to a new time period, a new set of characters, um, firmly centering it on the, uh, stars of Castlevania Rondo of blood and symphony of the night. Um, Mm -hmm. so this is, it's, it's, it's Richter Belmont and, uh, and, um, and, and Maria Renard and, and, uh, you know, I I really grew to love the characters uh, in 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 the previous incarnation of this show, um, and was sad to see them go, and couldn't you know almost couldn't imagine a new set of characters delivering performances that could equal or rival them, and yet here we are. Um, <laughs> Nocturne is is everything I loved about I, I, I the Castlevania Netflix series. I think is my very favorite video game adaptation into any other medium. Um, ah, yeah, nice. I like it a lot. I really like it. <laughs> no, a lot. I, I, I like not like I liked, I'll say both because it does feel like it's separate enough, but I preferred the tone that Nocturne was doing. I haven't seen okay. all of it, but I felt like, I felt like the, the first series was so so quippy in a it was a bit not in a not not in a weedness way but like you know it it was like we got to get the them jokes out and i think like nocturne was working for me because it spent more time being like even though it's melodrama like i don't yeah, think it's oh, drama yeah, yeah. like like i i think that's the fun of it but the characters are taking the situation seriously and that makes it more fun when like it lets loose mm-hmm. like uh yeah I, I i don't know how intentional that was but it felt like a difference in the writing team uh on that side and and the fights look fucking cool yeah it is it is a a slightly new creative team um yeah. uh but uh the tone that they strike has always reminded me of a <sighs> I guess I want to say Neil Gaiman esque. Um, yeah, and see. yeah, uh, it's it's it is like the very best of of what that era of when when I think of eighties grim dark comics, and but I think mm-hmm. of what the the very best of what that era produced stuff like Sandman. Um, you know, I, I feel like it it had that sort of the punk edge to it like and and is necessarily quippy um and and so i yeah i i i agree with you it is it sometimes it feels like a little bit too much but i also just feel like that's the tone it's going for and i'm down for it yeah yeah and um uh yeah i i i i liked it a lot 
I guess I don't have much I, to say about it, but I thought it was I awesome. sadly have, have not watched any of that yet, but I also am like very behind on the original series. Cause again, Hey, it's horror. Ha 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 ha. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah yep. Yeah. I didn't, uh, I guess I, I watch enough horror that sometimes I forget what things are horror. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Like, no, it becomes apparent whenever I'm watching any of it, when I'm in the room, uh, especially with the child, but it's just oh, like, yeah, and, of course. And also, yeah, this general disinterest from other parties, but like, uh, <laughs> I mean, we did watch like some of Castlevania together, but I guess we just haven't gotten back to it, but no, I was just like looking at <laughs> like, I pulled up Castlevania Nocturne and I'm like, Oh, all rocks is in it. The guy yeah, with the yeah. room. <laughs> I've oh, i haven't even gotten that far yeah <laughs> i gonna get back yeah i watched the first like three or four because i watched when uh netflix was doing like uh like a preview like day of just sort of like well we're just gonna play the first three episodes and hmm. you know one of those things yeah um hi yeah um, yeah let's move on let's move yep. on number four um number four for me uh so okay so this is where i have barbie i'm sure you guys both have it higher um so actually weird weirdly not on my list oh i i really liked it but not on my list cool uh yeah no yeah no there was (laughs) yeah no i i really liked it too yeah there's just other stuff i i enjoyed more um yeah i mean dave i assume you're going to talk about it more i am yeah yeah okay it was my favorite movie of the year so it will appear spoiler yeah uh, Whoa. Whoa. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, yeah that's your number one. <laughs> in my list, which is a mixture of games and movies. Yes. It's not at the yeah. top yes, of my yes, list, yes. but it is the top film. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, number four, the game for me is Cocoon, which I feel yeah. has gotten like, even here at the end of year awards, I feel has gotten like really paved over. Like, yeah. I don't feel like I'm yeah. seeing it talked about to very see much. More. Yeah. Like, yeah. I kind of thought like, oh, this is going to be like the indie game of the year mm-hmm. i i would yeah. think um it's just and, been that you know, big no, a year i guess it has yeah i'm, yeah. I'm sea of stars getting more attention dave dave the diver which i keep hearing as day of the diver but it is oh, yeah. dave like you the diver uh, <laughs> yeah cocoon yes. is just like I, I it's <clears throat> like a three four hour game uh it's not long so that's great um it it's a game that does not tell you jack squat. Like the only text in the game is on the title and it says cocoon. Uh, but other than that, you know, it doesn't do anything to explain like who you are, where you are, what you're doing, what you need to do. It's one button, which is just kind of interact with things. And then you go from there and it, the game does everything to teach you about what you need to do and what you need to know uh, in order to interact with this weird world and get to the other end of it um it's just it's so fascinating to explore and the graphical effect of like this is the game where you carry around little orbs yeah yeah. um well big orbs you carry them on your back you can set them down and then you dive into them or you jump out of them uh and you solve puzzles that way uh and just like the effect of you like diving in just all so smooth or popping out of a world. I think it's more the diving in that the popping out, just like boom, you just, the, the camera just pushes in and then you're in a different place. Just nice, smooth as butter. Um, at least playing on a series X. Uh, yeah. And, and it was just like, everything felt natural. Like they do such a good job of making sure 
you know, you can't wander too far off where you need to be looking at in order to solve a puzzle. Mm. Um, so it's not like I'm going to go over and stare at some tapestry and try to play a Wind Waker song at that, uh, as it were. <laughs> uh, it's like, no, uh, you know, there's only so many things you can mess with. Okay. And sometimes I'll be like, oh, do I have to go back to like into this little orb to do something? And I'll pop back in and I'll be like, oh, wait, no, I can't go anywhere in here. And then I'll pop back out and I'll be like, no, it must be something else. And like, you know, it, it's just just a fantastic, incredibly well-designed game uh, that is so easy to recommend uh, because it is so easy to play and it is so short. It is not a time commitment other than unlike so many other things. Uh, yeah, could could easily plow through it in a sitting. It took me a couple, but yeah, it's is great. Yeah, fantastic I can't wait game. to play that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looks so uh, Dave, your number four. Uh, my number four is, let's see, I did that, I did that. Uh, yeah, okay, Metroid Prime Remastered. Um, <laughs> hey! Which is, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for the, the second time in 20 years that I bailed on Metroid Prime in order to play Zelda. Uh, <laughs> and it's just as good as it was the first time around, if not better. Um, Have yeah. you, you finished the game, nope. I assume. I have not. I have never finished Metroid Prime. I stopped playing so, it 20 years ago to play Wind Waker, <laughs> and I stopped playing Metroid Prime Remastered to play Tears of the Kingdom and haven't gotten back to it. But the the, the I, hours that I put in were so good. Yeah. I'm just saying, as a person who generally doesn't like end bosses, that is one I think about. Like, really? that is an ending I really like. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for that. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it is the, the, the remake of the impossible 3d transition that no one thought the little team from Texas could pull off, uh, argued superior to the original in every way preserves everything that was so excellent about the original game and adds on so many new options, a, the, a, a perfect modern retouching that doesn't change things too much, but just recreates it as it was in your memory Instead of trying to remake it whole cloth and making it look modern, it looks the way you remember it having it was supposed to look. Um, yeah. One of the best rem- modern remasters of a game that already looked good, always looked good. You didn't think it needed a retouching, but you see the mm-hmm. very subtle retouching work that they've done here, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." That actually is. Is well, this the, the f- best year for remasters? It just might be. across the board. Good it Lord. feels like I haven't it. even played yeah. Night Dive System Shock, and I love the work that Night yeah. Dive has been doing. Um, Night Dive is doing God's work remastering <laughs> Nintendo sixty four era uh, 3D shooters. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with with mm-hmm. with better um, what what is it the the, the Z axis the way things don't distort. I don't know modernizing do. them, they, they, doing yeah. it the way. Oh, they I know what you it. mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, no, I, I'm watching System Shock video, uh, like Digital Foundries, just like mm. top graphics of the year, like video, and it was just like holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Metroid Prime and, and Metroid Prime also just whiskey. I remember I, I said this when it came out, but this is it is so freeing to hear <laughs> like scavengers mm-hmm. rain metroid prime there's a lot of text in it but there's no voice there's no voice yeah. acting uh there's very little hand holding in this game it is a game that is so confident and it, it it doesn't hold your hand but gives you everything you need to know 
where to go and what to do and by no means feels like it is lacking in terms of its production design with the absence of voice that's a feature not a bug that is the way this world should be um it's 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 great th that it's quiet it's great that there's solitude yeah. it evokes a feeling on purpose um yeah i just i yeah. man i loved every minute that i spent with this game and had a even better game not come out that consumed my every minute uh mm. i would have spent a lot more time with it metroid prime yeah. remaster that's my yeah. well it's like yeah. the, th the thing i i felt when i played it and i've heard you know just people saying is just like you you could this is just it doesn't feel like a 20 year old game it yeah. just feels like mm. something that came out this year like yeah if wow. there was never a Metroid Prime series and Nintendo just mm -hmm. dropped it out, like no one would have batted an eye, really. Like, just like it just feels yeah. like a modern game. And and there's no question they're testing for four. Like this is probably yeah. a, they're taking Hopefully. a lot of this for four. Hopefully. Okay. Yeah. Also, you guys, you guys know that Tommy Tallarico worked on Metroid Prime, right? He worked hand really? in hand with Shigeru Emoto for four years. What? Oh really? Yeah, that seems unbelievable, doesn't it? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, you, you got to you, you finish watching that video, Dave. Oh, oh boy. Oh, <laughs> uh, the oh. the H the H bomber guy video is, is yes yeah. yes yeah. Oh, I will watch. Yeah, perpetuating misinformation. Yeah. Yeah, though though he did give it like a two point five on a I don't know that show he reviewed games on Tellerico did <laughs> that aged well, uh, or maybe it was like a set. No, I think he gave Smash Brothers like a two and a half. I don't know, whatever. Oof. Anyway, yeah, it was something that didn't age well. Uh, Weese's four. Oh, uh, yes, my four. This is this is where order gets. You know, I just have to pick yep. <laughs> basically. Uh, not up to games yet, but I put Godzilla minus one in mm -hmm. the four spot on this yeah. one. Uh, I think like a lot of people, uh, it was kind of a surprise how, just how good this one was, especially, you know, not, I, I have no love for the American Godzillas. I wasn't even thinking about them. I never even mm -hmm. saw him fight Kong this time around. Uh, but Shin Godzilla just came out not too long ago, yeah. mm -hmm. and that movie was great also. Mm -hmm. uh, so I I wasn't expecting much from a different team. Uh, I thought it would be good, but uh, like a lot of people have said, uh, e even a lot of Godzilla fans, you know, we know that there aren't that many Godzilla movies with good humans, uh, and this one is easily the best humans in a Godzilla mm -hmm. movie. Um, and uh, just as importantly, the sense of scale is insane. <laughs> like, like when the credit comes up, that is like directed, written, and VFX by Takashi Yamazaki. God. You're like, oh, okay, aha, this is one of those guys. Uh, I think that's that's what was so impressive. It's like yeah, that awesome. first island attack. Godzilla isn't Godzilla size, and it's still hell on earth mm. <laughs> like his introduction is awesome it starts with like this very quick cut in the darkness uh that's just more horror than uh i thought uh was gonna be there and then the second you know like shots that you see in the trailer of him in the water or 
in the city. Uh, when the theme kicks in, uh, it is, you know, it, it could be very cheesy because they use the original song and it just amps up that scene even more. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and it, as I said, like it made people in the theater cry. Like it's, it's, uh, kind of a straightforward story, but it's also just, it, you know, Godzilla works as an analogy and they, they pull back to that. Uh, and uh, it's annoyingly still, uh, echoes today (laughs) in a lot of different ways. Uh, and I hope that they, you know, like they don't make when, when they inevitably make, uh, another one with this team, I don't want anything to do with the characters from this one. Like they, they had a full complete story. I don't want to see their kids. I don't want to see their story anymore. Like I love where it ended. Uh, there's a black and white version coming next year and I will see that in the theater because <laughs> that also looks great. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I nothing. saw a, a tweet from um, uh, actress, voice actress uh, Erica Ishii uh, saying, uh, yeah, there were uh, two, there was a, how did she phrase it? Like, there were two mm-hmm. movies this year, there were two World War II movies this year that dealt with the reckoning and trauma of the atomic bomb in Japan. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and one of them did it really incredibly well and moving and powerful, and the other one was Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> None of us are really talking about Oppenheimer on this podcast. Um, I, unless it's going to be, unless it's going to be in your No, 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 no. It's, it's, and I, I was more negative on it, I guess, and I really, really liked it. Like, it's still a really good movie. It just yeah. didn't make my top ten, you yeah. know? Like, Same. And I, I just, I haven't been, this is the most I've been interested in Nolan in a long time. Like, I, he, he kind of switched his, he switched his DP after uh, Dark Knight Rises, which was... The last Nolan movie I had seen <laughs> until Oppenheimer. Uh, I will see Interstellar. I've had enough people tell me at this point, but uh, the, the yeah, that's that's why it took me this long. Yeah. yeah, no rush. I'm interested. Like, I think what was interesting with Oppenheimer is that it was. Uh, a lot of people in rooms and he made them interesting. Yeah. Uh, which is hard. And, yeah. and I think like that's, it's almost kind of like what Tarantino was doing with hateful eight, uh, where he was just sort of like, no, I want to take these really nice cameras and use them to shoot close-ups of people in a cabin <laughs> where you're just like, yeah, okay, well that's, it's interesting. And, and it limits what like, you know, cause this is coming after tenant, and how much like shit he got for tenant uh as bombastic as that was yeah. i assume um and it'll, it'll a lot of great performances but you know uh there were more than uh two world war 2 <laughs> movies <laughs> this year with those analogies too like um it was very good. like i was realizing with a lot of stuff i was like older movies I was watching too it's it's not japan during world war 2 but the very specific occupation between World War II and like 1954, where like 
the U.S. slash U.N. was like watching them after the war. And then like Japan is like, you know, has to deal with like what we did to them and the emotions of just like that weird, like, uh, you know, our government did this, but did we believe, you know, like yeah. there's a lot of like, it's such an interesting, like nine, 10 years that I, I don't know. Like I've, I've found that I'll watch anything like either about that period or made during that period. It's yeah. It's intensely compelling. Very unique. Intense. Yeah. Mm. Godzilla. Godzilla. Not up to games yet. Uh, all right. Number three. Uh, three. Let's talk about a movie uh, called Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Oh, wow. cool. That's your number three. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> the more, well, when I was putting the list together yeah. and I'm kind of thinking like, where does it go on the list? And like, what are my yeah. feelings about it? And I have really positive feelings about that movie. <laughs> uh, oh, good. I, it was, I, yeah. I need to rewatch it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was just a lot. I mean, this has been a particularly heavy D and D year for me, uh, I guess. Oh, okay. Um, and that like, well, Baldur's I finished. Gate, yeah. Well, yeah, Baldur's Gate is a big part of it, and I've just <laughs> more or less been thinking about Dungeons and Dragons all goddamn year. Um, <laughs> you know, I finished uh, running my first campaign. Oh, uh, I didn't know you were running one. Yeah, I was running one. Yeah, I was running one for like two years, uh, uh-huh. almost. Uh, yeah, and uh, you know, now we're into our. This is the the third one that that I've been playing. Well, you know was in one ran the next one and now I'm playing again. Uh, and then, yeah, like Baldur's gate, um, you know, it's been taking my time for the last four months. So yeah, it's just like the year of dungeons and dragons and honor among thieves is a really good, fun dungeons and dragons movie. Um, that, uh, will never get a sequel or followed up on in any way. Uh, you think? Because I feel like it did well enough. It probably cost too much for how much buzz it got, but yeah. I, I think it surprised a lot of people. Up. Yeah, yeah. Like the, like the like continued word of mouth will will pick it up and, and maybe get uh, another one. But yeah, mm-hmm. I just I don't know. Don't get enough movies with just like a you know good still good heart to it. It doesn't feel like mm-hmm. cheap um, or you know, Hollywood cookie cutter, uh, it, you know, paid respects to the universe, had good in universe jokes, uh, that would certainly fly over a lot of people's heads. If, if you don't, mm-hmm. aren't familiar with, uh, a lot of things about D and D and, and, you know, D and D fans that watched them, we were like, yeah, that felt like a party haphazardly making its way through these, uh, you know, these situations like coming up with yeah. these kinds of solutions and going through it. Um, and I think it works even mm-hmm. if you don't have, I, I think like that's, that's why it's good mm-hmm. is it's like, you're so interested in that, the particular relationships. And, yeah. uh, I, I think a lot of us have kind of come around to as, as trait as the, which is the best Chris conversation is, I think pine is so fun to watch. Yeah. Just the choices is. he makes are great. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's wonderful Absolutely. in this. And I, as someone who doesn't have the context, the D and D context to it, uh, I I found that it was, I, I, it it is rare that you see a swords and sorcery fantasy setting and have it be an action comedy. 
I mean, mm-hmm. that just kind of mm-hmm. doesn't happen. Happen, and so yeah. I was. I, I had a great time watching it with my kids. I don't think it really stuck with my kids at all. Mm-hmm. Even with you know my my oldest, who is D and D curious, um, it didn't really. I don't know. It didn't make much of an impression on them. But uh, yeah, but, same but, with Richard. Yeah, yeah. yeah but but yeah. how often do you see a fantasy a fantasy themed action comedy? There's just not very many yeah. of them in this. I movie. mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Weird, weirdly bringing up side quest again like when i was trying to make that the the thing was all there was was your highness uh <laughs> which didn't show didn't show up until like we were already like working on stuff but it was hard to you know i i think people know D enough at this point whether they know the details or not you know like a lot of TV shows people watch have had episodes, I would say community on where it's like you, you at least have the idea. Yeah. Like you can sell that in a post game of Thrones world. Oh, sure. You can stack a genre on top. Well, <laughs> I guess. well yeah, it's, it's pervasive yeah. enough now. Like D yeah. is so much more mainstream than it was, you know, 10 years ago. Right. Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, high fantasy right now, you know, like Dune comes out in a few months. Mm-hmm. You've got Lord of the Rings show. You've got a Lord of the Rings animated movie next year, ideally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully there's a sequel is where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, and number three, as far as games, and this is tough because I have not yet finished Alan Wake 2, but holy uh, shit, that game is really good. Uh, I keep uh, trying to avoid, <laughs> but also... It is it is hard to avoid. And and I, I had yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, the, the big I don't know, uh, just just watching the game awards. And when they're, you know, a certain musical number started, I'm like, oh, I bet. The, ah, OK, this is yeah. the old guards of Asgard thing from the game. I'm going to mute this and look away. Yeah, so I just kind of like <laughs> I got a little bit of context for it. Uh, and, but you know, fortunately got to that part in the game pretty quickly thereafter. And it was like, shit, I could have gotten here sooner. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, yeah, that game, that game is, is, you know, remedy is, is got it together. They know <laughs> how to make their games and it, it is wild, uh, how that game works and how it integrates live action, <laughs> uh, <laughs> actors into its game, uh, into their game and it's it's switching back and forth between saga and alan wake and they're going through their own kind of story arcs that intertwine um and trying to figure out what the hell's going on and i just (laughs) i just don't get enough chances to sit and play it um it's easier playing through the saga sections i think uh with other people around but the alan wake ones are are much spookier generally (laughs) speaking and, and more violent and gory but yeah, you know, the big old the the old ga- gods of Asgard set piece in this game is insane, like the most insane, most crazy thing they've done. Uh <laughs> so I don't know, it could could potentially go higher or lower uh yeah. if, if they blow it in the third act. Uh but you know, right now it's doing all the stuff that made me like, you know, Alan Wake 1 in control uh in terms of its storytelling. So I'm I'm I haven't played it at all since like before Christmas and I am dying to play more of it <laughs> and I don't know when that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> maybe yeah, I mean, New Year's Eve. I will it, play Alan Wake into the new year. Got to be the game that I want to play the most 
perhaps this generation, arguably. If, yeah. It feels like the the culmination of a lot of things, yeah. sequelness aside. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it's a sequel that they, you know, never thought they were going to make. It's like they made yeah. Alan Wake 1 and it didn't do that great. Uh, you know, Quantum Break. I don't know. Nobody talks People forgot. Well. Yeah. Nobody talks well about that one. And then it was like no. control kind of got the company back on the, uh, the right track. And like somebody, you know, juxtaposed on, you know, somewhere just like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, an interview with Sam Lake, just, you know, talking about how like, you know, they weren't going to get to make Alan Wake too. It just didn't make sense for the company, um, you know, financially to follow up on that story. And he was like really bummed about it. And then contrasting that with him, like, happy as fucking shit at the game awards this year, uh, you know, <laughs> collecting awards, dancing on stage, you know, Alan wake Two getting all of this recognition. Uh, yeah. and, and now, you know, it's just like, well, they're doing the max Payne remakes, which I'm now very interested in. Uh, oh, right. You know, having not played max Payne one or two. Yeah. Um, yeah. they have uh control Two that they're working on. Oh, and, wow. you know, I don't know how this game ends, but theoretically there could be more Alan Wake. Uh, you know, they they have this they have their own little cinematic universe now that they can play in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm yeah, like they they so, yeah, it's it's really just up from there. Like they've they've nailed it. And now the next their next game is going to sell even more. It's like the kind right. of the trajectory I saw with, uh, you know, from soft and the souls games. It was just like, mm-hmm. OK, Demon Souls, this niche and then Dark Souls took off. And then Bloodborne took off even more. And then, right. you know, you get to Elden Ring and that game sells, which is not all that different than Demon Souls. That game sells like 15 million copies, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not saying Alan Wake 3 is going to sell 15 million copies, but like <laughs> it's gotten that attention and buzz that like it's going to be a big deal. It's not going to fly under people's radar. I'm sure Control 2 is going to be a pretty big deal because uh, now people are paying attention. Yeah. Yeah, Dave. And, Dave. Yeah, go to no, Dave. Okay, uh, Dave. It's my yeah. favorite movie of the year. It's the Barbie movie. Oh, um, hey. yeah. I uh, I love this movie. I I loved it from start to finish. Uh, I am in love with how somehow um, uh, uh, Greta Gerwig uh, and Noah Baumbach were able to you know do that sort of. This is a licensed property movie that not only manages to be subversive, but also really has something to say, much like beloved classic Josie and the Pussycats. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one, I, I dare say it could reach those lofty yeah. heights. Um, no, I think I think fans will overlap at the very least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, exquisite casting uh perfect casting you know ryan gosling is not mentally would not have been who i would cast in that role but he takes it and makes this guy a person (laughs) like a person whom you you buy with these words and the fact is and like i I, i've heard Mm -hmm. i know from interviews that Greta and noah wrote it for him they always wrote it with him in mind specifically um and uh yeah and and um margot robbie you know really like executive producing this and making this the project that she wanted it to be 
Um, yeah. I mean, that movie doesn't work without her. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, her, her, her performance nails it. So right before this podcast, yeah, I, I went upstairs just to sort of say good night to Jan and, and, and the kids and cause they're, uh, Jan and the seven-year-old are snuggled up in bed watching, rewatching the Barbie movie yet again. And it's, <laughs> and it's the scene where it's this, it's a quiet scene where Barbie is standing in the middle of a park and she looks around at all the people and she sees a couple arguing and she sees children playing in a playground and she sees uh, a couple of middle-aged men sharing a joke yeah. and she can't help but chuckle too to see the beauty of this imperfect world and then she sits down at a bus stop with tears running down her cheeks and right. sees yeah, yeah, yeah. an an old woman the the thing that she cannot become the thing that she as as an alien in this world as as <laughs> the um fish out of water in this world as as the frankenstein as you know emma stone yeah. in poor things i think you know she looks to see this is this is what humanity is this is what living is and and it's the simplest exchange where she turns and says and sees this woman who has aged something she's not capable of and she says and weeping she says you're so beautiful and the woman yeah. smiles back and says i know i am and, and there's so much in that in that exchange. There's so much that I want my daughters to see. And I know that this movie came from creators who are women that want their daughters to see these things, too, because it's not didactic. It's just modeling the sorts of things that they wish we could see. Um, and, and, and so it's just profoundly, deeply touching to me in that way. Um, and then in the very next scene, there's <laughs> Will Ferrell with pink drumsticks riffing on ideas about it's gotta be feminism, but we, we know what little girls want, you know, just it, it, it's, yeah. it's, it works as parody. It works as social commentary. The performances are earnest and hilarious, um, and I think it, it comes from a play and, and knowing, you know, what the creator's intentions were between Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie and with, with, an, with, I don't want to say the unlikely assist from Noah Baumbach. I like his where I've always liked his work, but he feels like he's, his work is in a very different style than this. Um, yeah, but they've worked together. But they I work mean, together, and they're obviously. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. Uh, so, so they, you know, obviously yeah. were of a mind um, to, to make this thing. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. As a goofball, I loved it as a goofball comedy and I loved it mm -hmm. as an earnest postmodern feminist manifesto for my own children to get on board with and see something of the struggles that women face in, a, in yeah, an accessible way to them. Right. And, and that's where I was going to go. Like, cause I mean, the scene you mentioned is, you know, my favorite scene in that movie. Like it's, it's definitely the best mm. scene, like the bus mm. stop scene. Mm. Um, and from, <laughs> from my point of view, which is less important than, any woman's <laughs> watching this movie. My only thing was that I wanted it to go a little harder on the, the feminist side yeah. on like that stuff. 
But the second you do that, you lose it being accessible to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think like that it's such a weird balance to get that. So everybody can watch it. You're not having fights about, you know, is this, is this too much? Is it, you know, propaganda to some people or, you know, whatever. (laughs) Um, and it, it it is modeling, you know, as you said, like it's yeah, modeling yeah. good behavior. I, I uh, can see the impulse so of wanting it to yeah. go harder, but I also see that it is it, it, it is because then it would be a different movie. Mm-hmm. It would not yes, because it, absolutely. it isn't a feminist manifesto. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think it works as an excellent feminist manifesto, but that's not uh-huh. what it is. It is simply yeah. a very relatable means of expressing what it means to reckon with 60 years worth of expectation about what it yeah. means to be a woman in America. Yeah, no. Uh, well put. I, I think it's like, not an instruction manual. It's just a relatable yeah. experience. And I, <laughs> that's the thing is, I liked a lot of the different tones too. And I like comedy. Ryan Gosling is my favorite. Ryan Gosling. Oh yeah. Like by far. Like I love the nice guys. I love <laughs> this. I love <laughs> Young Hercules. This bus yeah. stop scene. They're walking. I'm just gonna duck into the library real quick and see if I can find a book about trucks. Right. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like, and you have to, you have to hit that with like a hard joke right after that. Yeah, yeah. I think like, but the, like, and I, I, my only thing is that it, it going to the Will Ferrell scene was like the Will Ferrell stuff. Some of it works, but is kind of weaker than like the rest of the ensemble cast. It so, is, but I also think... To that, me, that was a hard cut. Oh, oh, sure, but that... Oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I will counter that I think that is what makes it work for a young audience, too. Because... Again, ah, so so yeah, I rewatched yeah, yeah. that scene. The tone of that scene is appropriately mm-hmm. goofy to keep my seven-year-old on board because that lets my seven-year-old see that these... So what mm-hmm. what, what happens in that... So the, the beats that I saw is that the the... A worker guy, a little worker drone, goes up the tall elevator and he goes to talk to Will Ferrell. And Will Ferrell says, Could this be an email? I was like, May I whisper it to you, sir? And so he whispers it. Mm-hmm. And then they whisper it around the table. <laughs> and it's visually, it, it's a visual goofy gag. And like, yeah and, yeah. and here's the kicker as they're whispering, there's just a real quick cut to Will Ferrell's face where, for no reason in particular, this is just an acting choice that he made. He starts to get excited about what the secret's gonna be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, do love oh, that. What is yeah. it gonna be? That's never that never gets said. <laughs> he just does it with his face. Yeah. But it is but that is the kind of visual storytelling that not only keeps a seven-year-old on board, but also communicates mm-hmm. adequately to her that these men are ridiculous. Without outright having to say mm-hmm. it, she understands that these very important men in their business suits are ridiculous mm-hmm. and are meant to be understood as uh, that they need should be taken down a peg. And what's interesting in that scene too, is that every time you look out the window and I don't think they did it much is the WB discovery building right there <laughs> to tell you exactly what they're doing. <laughs> I, I, I do remember that now from seeing the thing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So, yes. so, so yeah, I think there is a little bit of push pull for having to make it work for all mm-hmm. audiences. But when I think if, if, if you ever have the opportunity to see it with a young audience, um, oh, yeah. I think you'll see that stuff land in a different way. Yeah. And I, all, all the props to like making that work. Cause that's so hard yeah. to thread that needle. Yeah. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I just remembered that I saw elemental. Oh, which tells you something about Elemental. <laughs> yeah, I, I was looking yeah, at the top it. grossing films of the year because, you know, Barbie is the highest right. grossing movie of the year. Uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll bring it up yeah. when we get to me. <laughs> All right. Uh, are we on your number three? Or did you do your number three? I have not done my number three, yeah, so might as right. well do, do your number three. Clunky, smooth transition. So, like, uh, when you look at the the short list for Oscar nominations for animation, you have things like Elemental and Super Mario Brothers. And Super Mario Brothers maybe has some momentum. I don't know why Elemental's on there. Uh, but my number three is Spider-Man at this mm. point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> got Spider-Verse here. Um, as I said, orders were tricky. But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and and the only thing, I you know, there's... The nitpicks I have are so small compared to what this movie is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, uh, there's so many, so many scenes that have brought, uh, just expressionism to regular people <laughs> that are like into watching emotions told visually now because of movies like this right now which is really exciting to see people uh just accept that sort of thing in a mainstream Mm -hmm. movie um uh yeah the i mean it's it's a middle child you know it's it's a little too towersy like and the first movie is structured so perfectly this movie couldn't have been when it split into two um that said, it is fucking gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, it was a particularly good year for music. I thought for yeah. like uh, movies, games, everything. Um, and this might be my favorite one. Like, it's definitely like the one I've listened to the most. Like, I really like Daniel Pemberton. Um, we've years ago, like if you remember, uh, Man from Uncle, a movie that like. Most people don't remember too much as a Guy Ritchie movie, but that Daniel Pemberton score uh, carries that entire movie. Um, And it's kind of a Giacchino Incredibles kind of moment of like when he hits. So seeing how big he's gotten at this point uh, and and revered and getting getting to do a bunch of different stuff. He had a couple scores this year, but um yeah, we got to spend some time with Miles. Uh yeah. <laughs> they 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 worked some animators to the bone and got us some very very pretty pictures. <laughs> they did. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. That's the other thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, what you yeah. I, I so I I have the been dying to revisit this movie because as I related on the podcast, I didn't get to watch it under optimal conditions for me. And, um, and so uh, what I think as, as a sequel, as a middle, you know, chapter, it, it does a great job of 
basically taking the structure of the first film, which establishes the multiversity with with the great it it, it it's got a great the, the the rhythm the repetitive rhythm of the all right let's do this one last times to yes, introduce yes. The, you know yeah. each multiverse mm-hmm. spider-man so then this movie has to triple down on that with like okay right. so now let's do that <laughs> with a whole bunch of you know new spider characters um mm-hmm. and then establish that you know the uh the 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 main conflict of of that with the with with the the canon events and 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 breaking mm-hmm. that and and establishing how it's if anything it it reminded me a little bit of the second matrix movie i guess because it's sort of okay. i i yeah. felt where it went at the end is that you you think you know we, we set up you know this sort of tacit multiverse partnership at the end of the first movie and sort of takes off Mm -hmm. on let's see where our hero goes from here which is how the matrix ends and then in the second so it does all the same stuff but at triple speed you know we're we are we are doing everything slightly bigger bigger and then you find like oh no there's actually something really wrong with this none of this Mm -hmm. is as you thought it was you know this means that you need to experience a certain tragedy and you are going to and he's like no i'm going to break out of this cycle basically that there is a cycle that this everything mm-hmm. that we established in the first movie is a cycle that will keep you trapped in the loop of your life, which is the same thing yeah. that the Matrix um, reloaded. Oh yeah, that's sort true. of tells yeah. to Neo basically. At which point he's got to be like, mm-hmm. "No, I reject that dichotomy. I am going to break out of that cycle." Sort and, and you know, breaking the fourth wall of the movie. At which point he breaks out of his familiar world and breaks into the cliffhanger of the movie which is everything gets topsy-turvy we've broken out of the world but now we're in the wrong world which is also where the matrix reloaded ends basically <laughs> like oh no the yeah. wrong people are in the wrong world um and that's the cliffhanger and and i actually i remember loving the matrix reloaded when it came out because that because i loved what it did to set up the story um i i found it very exciting and i think this fun- serves a very similar function matrix reloaded yeah. is actually good yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I like it more now, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. but uh, yeah, I I think it's it's tricky because I like I like all the stories that Across is telling, but the first movie, everything fed the theme. Oh yeah, like yes. where it you know like a lot of Across is like okay so. So the spot is a joke and then he's getting stronger. Okay. And that's like half of the movie. And that's interesting to see like, oh, okay, maybe we should take people more seriously Mm -hmm. or, you know, like however you look at that. And then it, you know, it takes about half of the movie to get to the canon events stuff. Right. Like I wouldn't even call that the, the theme of the movie as much as just like another kind of catalyst, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and all of that stuff's interesting. And and all the family stuff and all the stuff with Gwen, you know, like they're all kind of separate stuff that I think are going to be one cohesive theme in the third one. Mm-hmm. I hope but so. I was definitely, I hope so too, yeah. <laughs> or at least like closer, but it, it definitely felt like there were three or four different like issues yeah. <laughs> like going on that all of which I enjoyed. Sure, <laughs> sure. But that, yeah. if I was to level one complaint yeah. about it, that would it yeah. would be the same thing. Is that all those elements do feel a little bit disparate compared to the cohesive, the perfect cohesion of the first film? Yeah. That said, 
movie rules. It's totally. very easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throw that after like any complaint for anything in mm-hmm. <laughs> this point. But uh oh yeah, and uh games, of course, AEW Fight Forever I put as mm-hmm. number three at this point. Uh not much to say at this point. It was we've been waiting for it forever and it was just really, really nice. Mm-hmm. It just really felt really nice to like start a match and i think the we've we've said it a lot like the writing in the one player uh is just so compelling and weirdly funny that it really drives (laughs) that game yeah (laughs) yeah that's that's what sets it apart at this point (laughs) Mm. yeah if it if it had come out like a few years ago like if somehow they turned Mm -hmm. that around and came out in 2020 people would feel so much differently about it it's just like oh my god Took yeah. like four years for it to come out, so yeah, yeah. Um, it's just yeah. It, if 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 it came out like pre CM Punk AEW, I think people would feel differently about it. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> hey, all right. Uh, <laughs> moving on to our number twosies. Twosies, 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 As we approach midnight, as like I said, like I oh said at the beginning of the show, I what I say, we can do it. Like we can here. bring it home. We've we have it's not been we recording for a full four hours else. yet. We've got twenty right. minutes still. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, number two uh, for me for movies is Godzilla minus one. Shocker. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No surprises coming here in in the top two nah, f- nah, nah. <laughs> at all. Uh, yeah, it's it like you kind of alluded to. It's like, oh man, Shin Godzilla came out, and I mean, I am more Toho focused, you know, with my Godzilla love. Mm-hmm. Like, I like Godzilla twenty fourteen. Um, a lot right. of other Godzilla fans really like Destroy or King of the Monsters, rather. Uh, which uh, I apparently have to go back to, but I feel like was I hate that movie. I feel like <laughs> that it was a second of those. Uh-uh. Yeah, I, I feel like it was poopy. Um, I I apologize to my date. Oh. <laughs> like when we left i'm like i'm oh. so sorry <laughs> yeah i i just like i i didn't care for it but i know uh you know my my other other godzilla fan friends just like love that movie and i'm just like man i yeah. don't maybe i'll go back i'll rewatch it and see what but i just no um yeah the uh, i don't know king kong versus godzilla was whatever and obviously the trailer for the new one is also whatever and you know, lots mm-hmm. of Godzilla, you know, you can enjoy whatever Godzilla you like. There, There's there's a range <laughs> there's of plenty. Godzilla love, yeah. um, you know, plenty of silly old Toho Godzilla movies. Um, and a series on Apple Plus that's supposed to be surprisingly really good with yeah. uh, Kurt Russell and uh, yeah. his son. So. The Monarch! Uh, Monarch! <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've, in, in some way I, I've kind of like, I feel like Godzilla and Mega Man are similar and that they're all, you know, pretty good in some way, shape or form. And the reasons why someone likes one over Mm, like another one are usually very personal. Um, (laughs) Anyways, it's like, yeah, I was just like, how are we getting like Shin Godzilla? Oh my God. Like what a movie, which also was a, you know, technically the, that was the first Japanese one after final wars, which is, you know, a personal favorite Mm -hmm. of mine. Uh, for for different re- very different reasons than Shin Godzilla, <laughs> yeah. and it's just like okay, here it's like okay, I guess we're just going to top that again now, are we? Is that what we're doing right. with minus one? Like incredible, unbelievable. Um, so yeah, this was the first one, first Godzilla movie I got to take my kid to see in the theater, so that was you know mm-hmm. very special for me. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't. Oh my God. Like, how does he. Like, there's so many, like, scary things you shield him from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or that he does not like. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I told him I'm just. Well, I mean, he loves Godzilla. Um, okay. <clears throat> I mean, this was just freaky, though. Like, to me, this was like. It felt like seeing Jurassic Park the first time when the Dilophosaur, like, uh, shows up. Like, that kind of, like, scare. Uh, it's just like, yeah. oh, see, I, shit. <laughs> yeah, I told him, I'm like, I don't know, it might be a little scary, but no, he wasn't He wasn't freaked out by that. He was he was crying at the end of the movie, uh, but not mm. because of what happened with the good guys, what happened with Godzilla. <laughs> That's good lad, why he was good crying lad. at the end of yeah. the movie. Yeah, uh, he was he was bawling. Uh, oh, wow, okay. Yeah, Um but yeah, he yeah he was engaged the whole time. I was well after I got those fucking kids out of the yeah, theater. Yeah. I was well engaged. But yeah, like what a movie with the story it told with its character. Uh, but you know, it's it <laughs> focuses on a you know a kamikaze pilot who you know decided not to complete his mission. So it's like when people are like, oh, you're a kamikaze pilot. You were a kamikaze pilot. How are you alive? Like yep. just him being alive once they know what he did, he's immediately, you know, dishonored and no one wants anything to do with him because he's a coward and they feel like he lost them the war, even though it was like the end of the war. And he's like, no, I'm not crashing my plane into someone, you know, here when, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> this this war is basically over. But he has to live with that shame. Um, and it gives him such a good like it's such such a good <laughs> loaded intro that you can totally see where they're going to take that arc and it pays off. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, like, you know, you know, should you, yeah, the the whole thing, but yeah. And, and just Godzilla (laughs) looking incredible and being such a force of nature. Um, yeah. I mean, how about 20 minutes of that movie being jaws? Yeah, <laughs> like just straight up, that movie is Jaws. <laughs> yep, just 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 Jaws for a bit. That's yeah. all. Uh, yeah, and it's you know um, going back to you know the summer when it's like oh Barbie and Oppenheimer made a ton of muff- ton of money together. Ton of muffins. Like, ton of muffins <laughs> made a ton of muffins. <laughs> like you know, not sequel franchise things, just like blow into the box mm-hmm. office. And then it was just like kind of you know beginning of December. It's like oh Godzilla minus one is making like a ton of money, like relatively speaking for, uh, I mean, it's, it's the highest grossing Japanese language film in the U S uh, I think at this point easily. Um, wow. Yeah. And a lot, you know, the advertising wasn't like great for mm-hmm. that. Like, I think like once people got to see it, like it immediately was like, Oh, you have to, because it's a movie yeah. you want to see in a theater, but yeah. it took a while. Yeah, it got some word about, but yeah, it's it's been you know they it that movie cost fifteen million dollars right. to make, and the yep. and they have made that money five times over <laughs> at this point, which you know yeah. it's like American Studios. It's like, well, if it's not making over five hundred million dollars on a two hundred fifty million dollar budget, what are we doing? And it's like, yeah. no, you can make a fifteen million dollar like you know big action set piece movie that looks incredible. And it has made a huge profit. Yeah, it's it's just like yeah, b- broken all kinds of records here and in Japan. But then the following week, The Boy and the Heron comes out, and that was the yep. number one movie in the box office that weekend. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. No, I was uh, going to go into it later, but when, <laughs> it was a great feeling to be watching Boy and the Heron 
It's it's during a rather quiet moment, and then the fucking Godzilla theme comes through the wall because <laughs> Godzilla's playing next door. <laughs> uh, it's just funny. like, wow, where? Am-? Just like it really is taking over for like a hot moment <laughs> mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, yeah. That like, you know, both of those did did really well. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Oh, and my number two game. All right. Yeah, that this is Baldur's <laughs> Gate three. Mm. Uh, the, the game that has won a couple game of game of the year awards, yeah. one or two here and there uh, that I finally I honestly finished. don't know because I didn't watch any of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, yeah, I finally finished it yesterday um, after, you know, putting close to 100 hours into it over the course of four months. <laughs> I'm <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, yeah, I'm probably going to just get this on Steam so I can play it on my play a new game on my Steam deck. Just roll a new character and start <laughs> going again to see to play with different things, because there's just there's so much you can do in that game. And I felt like I saw as much as I could and did as much as I could. Uh, but I know there's, you know, so much more that I can do out there. Like I kind of ignored like half the party members they make available to you. Um, just, yeah, just playing with different party builds. It's like, you know, they Larian studios has been this, this shouldn't be that big a surprise. They've been making these games for years. They've been good. It's just now they got a hold of like, well, we get to make a sequel to Baldur's gate and, this game wasn't early access for like two years and uh, uh, yeah, just like has taken the gaming world by storm and yeah. opened a lot of people's eyes. Um, but yeah, this is what they've been doing, but this is them executing that in the best way yet. Um, and yeah, it's appealing to a lot more people, even though it is still a very dense, complicated, like fucking hard game sometimes. Uh <laughs> It's just it's just a lot of fun. Like they put so much care and effort into making sure that everything you try to do is the game is going to react to it in some way Um, that like however you try to break it, they they have something written in there to work around it (laughs) Uh, and it it will bend and flex to like what you want to do in, in a way that, you know, you know, people always have wanted games to do. They they want mm-hmm. to be able to solve their problems their own way and do things their own way. And this is a game that really lets you do that as much as possible. And it's Peter awesome. Molyneux just somewhere like eating a hat or yeah, it's <laughs> just like <laughs> angry raising a fist. Yeah, it was like like shortly before I went on to the end of the game, like I was I was like, ah, I'm going to close up this last side quest uh, in, you know, Baldur's Gate in the town, the city thereof. And it was like a character came back from the first act that I did not expect to see again. And just like, she was like, ha fucker, I'm back. And I'm like, shit, (laughs) I didn't expect that. Wow. Look at you. Now we're doing this shit. Now I have to deal with you again. And it was just, just really cool to see that. It it was like, (laughs) you know, you look at the whole of the mass effect trilogy almost and seeing things from the first game pop up in the third. Mm -hmm. Well, this is things in the first act popping up in the third act because it's such a huge game. And, and, you know, you just never know, like, what those repercussions are going to be, um, you know, at the end of it. So, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, well-deserving all the praise. Certainly takes a lot of time, but, you know, one of one of the 200-hour games this year that I played. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, all right, Dave, number two. 
My number two thing is the Netflix series Scott Pilgrim Takes Off. Sure. Um, yeah. I, it, it, you know, I years had gone, as I said fairly recently on the podcast, uh, I didn't think I needed yet another retelling of the Scott Pilgrim story and the fact that this turned out to be something, you know, this, this, this completely different beast where we are they are revisiting the characters but recontextualize everything recontextualizing um all the characters and their places in it and recontextualizing scott's role in the proceedings um i loved it so much that it made me uh purchase a digital collection of the books because the physical prints are quite expensive to get uh uh the color versions if you know you can you can yeah Assemble a set of the original black and white run pretty cheaply if you want to hunt down some used copies. But for, I think, 18 bucks, it was on Humble and I just got me the whole series digitally. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I hadn't read the color editions, which come with um, some pretty great afterwards by Brian Lee O'Malley about like where he was in his life when he was writing these. And <clears throat> it it struck me that you know he he writes about like i i basically just wanted to write a a shonen manga where the main character fights a stronger and stronger opponent every this was my dragon mm -hmm. ball z i just wanted to follow that model but pepper it with these all these elements from my real life and that's what gives it this real just flavor of authenticity that that it is it is peppered with these highly specific scenes that are not germane to the plot like at one point they go over to Stephen Stills house and they all cook dinner together and they just he describes mm -hmm. in detail what the the recipe is for the vegan <laughs> shepherd's pie that they're making and there's no reason for that other than it was a thing that he used to do with his poor friends in Toronto and I feel like I originally read those books at a time it was it was not right when they came out but i think it was sort of the mid 2000s when jan and i were living together and very poor and i think my own experience that i saw reflected in scott's was here i am with this woman and i think she's pretty incredible and she's like going to graduate school and she's getting a real job <laughs> and i'm what am i doing I'm putting You're on a costumes. Fucking actor. I'm a fucking actor. <laughs> I'm putting on costumes and playing pretend for two hundred dollars a week. One of my it, it it didn't you know I it it reflected my own inadequacies. I think in uh you know uh and getting to revisit. Not only do all these characters get a second chance to sort of redeem themselves and their own feelings of inadequacy to varying degrees in the anime and the fact that it's just a fucking banger <laughs> that the animation's amazing that the music is amazing yeah. that i think the cast gives an even better performance that they did in the film uh now that they are 10 years more mature as actors and uh it's just it i i love it it is i i think it's it's a wonderful piece of art. It's a wonderful, also a reflection, as much of a reflection on where Brian Lee O'Malley is in his life now as the original was when he wrote it. Um, and and so it it feels like as much as it is kind of a, here's a big but budget, star-laden, 
you know, uh, animated production by Netflix, uh, it still feels like a very personal piece of art. And uh, as much as the original uh, comic run did, and uh, it it spoke to me, I think, deeper than I thought at first while I was watching it. So that's why I loved it. And that's why it's my number two thing. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, that made me think there is a... I think it's like a Guillermo del Toro interview where he's like the most interesting movies a filmmaker makes are the first and the last. Cause the first movie <laughs> is where they, it, it's you put in everything that you like mm-hmm. into that first thing. And that's, I, I think like not only was, you know, Scott Pilgrim was Brian Lee O'Malley's first thing, but Ben David Gravinsky is early enough that he's in tune with the specificity of putting those things and being that vulnerable too. Yeah. Uh, into that script. Yeah. So that, that really, that's a great quote. That, yeah. It's fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, I didn't put it on this list cause I figured I would just do movies on this point, but that would definitely be in there as well. Good stuff. I had other movies, but none of them were as good. If my list was all mer- was all movie movies, then the live action Little Mermaid would have to be on movies. 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 Yeah. Moving on. All right. Huis. Okay. Sure. Two. Uh, what do I do first? Sure. I'll do movie first. I put Killers of the Flower Moon yeah, on right. this one. I up. Uh, it's. It, you know, uh, you could kind of look at it as a little Paul Thomas Anderson e, and that you've got like, uh, you know, an oil baron taking over a town, and you're seeing like characters slowly bending to the will of one or two characters. But it's such a Scorsese movie in terms of like the ensemble, which is uh just really fun to watch. You know, like even the Leo is so fascinating because he's like uh, they they swapped around who he was going to play in this, oh, uh, really? I guess. Like when. Yeah, because the script wasn't working early on when he was uh, I think he was playing would have been the the Jesse Plemons character later oh, on. Wow. Um, and they swapped it. uh and they made Leo kind of um, easily bending to the will of others, <laughs> I guess. And I think he's really good at playing that, like, struggling with being oppressed kind of guy. Uh, there's kind of echoes of, like, the aviator in there, which I guess is also Scorsese in that, where he's just kind of fighting with himself. But it's it's such an interesting, like, character study. And I think, like... All the work that Scorsese did adapting the novel and like going to talk to the Osage Nation and like making sure that like all of this stuff is not only right, but also he's acknowledging that he's acknowledging the way that it's told, uh, that it's being told by a white guy mm-hmm. through Hollywood, like, um, and what that means and the story itself um and that it's not homework like it as i said like it's a three-hour movie that is really fun to throw on that could be you know like a tbs movie that you you put on 
at the holidays that everybody can kind of agree on and just kind of watch, <laughs> uh, but is also like way deeper. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's good. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, I, I like a lot of these, uh, freaking 80 year old directors coming out here, just knocking it out of the park. We got Furiosa next year, yeah. you know, a lot of stuff. Um, and for number two game, I kind of snuck because uh, the other <laughs> night I uh, booted up the GBA uh, expansion and started up on some WarioWare. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was this year. So the, like the GBA expansion pack was uh, the thing I put the most hours in this year. <laughs> like, uh, Nintendo told me when they gave me my year end uh, thing, but uh just the the expansion packs in general that Nintendo added this year, I think between N64 and Genesis and GBA yeah. uh, have just given like so much more worth to that system, even though I wish they would update them a little more frequently. Yeah, um, that'd be nice. Uh, but it it I mean, it's the thing that I play before I play something else on a switch generally yeah Uh, like if i start up the system i'm gonna play another game and then go into it so uh yeah i'm i'm happy it's there and it is kind of just reminded me how much i enjoyed the gba as well as like that era of games so yeah oh good more of that right yeah 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 the we thanks to the gba app we also played some WarioWare because it's it's one of jan's favorites to go back to Mm -hmm. because it's so easy to pick up and play and and yeah that that sense of humor didn't come out of nowhere because if you play wario land well if you play the whole wario land series it was always right right but like it just yeah just double and triple down on on the the weirdness and Mm -hmm. and it was there, I it felt like there was nothing else like it in two thousand three, or two thousand. No, I was having having the same thought playing it the other night, where I'm just like, this feels like a fully formed game, even though obviously there were four Wario lands. Yeah, but like, it's still such a singular thing, and it almost feels like an obvious idea, but no one did it, and yeah. it's done. So well, and again, it's it's so made by the people that made it, and yeah. nobody else mm-hmm. could. Yeah. <laughs> so, game of the year, WarioWare. <laughs> I can't disagree. Yeah, yeah. All right. Finally, here we go. Made it to the end. How's the chat doing? <laughs> to do some number ones. Everyone's gone. Um, <laughs> yeah, of course. There, there was upwards of five, six people watching like two hours ago. Someone was still hanging around a little bit ago. Now, uh, now there's nobody. Nobody's there anymore. It's all right. Um, don't need to be polite it's, anymore. It's late. Two yeah, late nights yeah. in a row, and then it's gonna be another late night tomorrow night. Oh god. Oh god. Um. Hey, whatever. It's vacation, man. Uh, uh, Number one, uh, and I guess I'll start because I have a, a sneaking suspicion me and Dave are going to line up here on something. Sure. Yeah. Um, but anyway, first, uh, my number one movie, uh, go, hey, surprise, oh, it's Spider-Man. Hi. Yeah, yeah, wow. of course, of course. Who, who saw that one coming across the Spider-Verse? I love Spider-Man. I love <laughs> Into, Into the Spider-Verse is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and across, yeah, 
uh yeah across the spider-verse is yeah you know as as you guys talked about earlier it doesn't close up as neatly as um into the spider-verse did but uh you know i there's still a really i mean we'll see how you know where the third movie goes the third movie that is not coming out in march anymore uh by the way oh no yeah if it comes out next year that would be a miracle yeah i mean they changed a lot after they got attention for the conditions of the animators and all that stuff yeah oh i mean well because you know it came out and said like well we're gonna take as long as we need to to get the third movie out (laughs) um and then yeah at some point during the strikes it was quietly its release date was donated to that fucking ghostbusters movie um hey (laughs) you know what i i was ready to shit on it and the second that i heard that they were basing it more on the real Ghostbusters cartoon. They, okay. they basically right. went, <laughs> we want to do like, an, like watch the trailer again with that in your head where it's just so sort of like, oh yeah, it's an episode of real Ghostbusters. Okay, all right. <laughs> and now I'm kind of on board. <laughs> we'll all see, right. but I'm yeah. more than I was. <laughs> um, anyway. Either way, yeah, Beyond the Spider-Verse is not coming out in three months. Uh <laughs> No. <laughs> so that's good. Um, yeah, but it's like, I mean, if you look at the first movie is just kind of Miles journey to being like, oh, you know, I have, you know, carving out his place as a Spider-Man and, you know, getting his powers together and going through that arc. Um, and then the second movie is him finding out that like, oh, I don't fit in with all the other Spider-Mans because... I'm, you know, I messed up, you know, my world's Peter Parker. You know, I the only reason mm-hmm. I'm Spider-Man is because a spider came from another world that was supposed to bite somebody else and like I'm a problem. Um whereas right. all the or other a mistake. Spider- yeah. Yeah, I'm a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Um and uh you know, f- taking the entire the movie to get his friend to to convincing his friends to get on board with him. Um <laughs> Yeah, I read read a whole article about like black allyship about this, you know, movie and oh, you know how well it's like how you know Gwen is you know kind of there's a barrier there like yeah, yeah. oh not okay. that no just like how you know she she is in the club and like she is not she doesn't really stand up for Miles as much as she perhaps should as her as mm. you know as a friend of hers whereas mm-hmm. like you have someone like Hobie who's like kind of antagonistic towards miles, but you really, you watch it back and he's on his side the entire time. Cause he knows oh, what's yeah. going on and he sees what's happening to miles that miles is getting kind of like ostracized. And well, yeah. I guess my only you find that and send that yeah. to me. I want to read that. Oh God. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I, I mean, ago. I'm not going <laughs> to argue an article. I've read like my only thing with Hobie is what I love so much is like his core is just like fighting that system. So like figuring out that his goal and Miles's goal were the same thing. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, I love, I mean, that like hand on the thing is, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the best part of the movie. I mean, we talked about Hobie. (laughs) Fucking Hobie, man. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No, that article wasn't saying that this is the only thing the movie was about. It was just kind of like, this is a read of it. Mm. You know? Oh, yeah. 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 No, that's fascinating. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, yeah, Spider, just the way, what they did with the way that character looks and acts and talks and just like, holy shit. Um, Yeah, and it's it's just an astonishing movie visually with 
you know, <laughs> from from you know Leonardo da Vinci Vulture to to Hobie right. to every th- other style they're putting in there, and what they're expressing with you know like Spider Man India and and mm-hmm. it's just yeah what what a what a movie uh, I can't see hope wait to see. I can wait to see what they do with the third one. So everyone gets a good night's sleep while they're working on it. It doesn't feel like. <laughs> I know. Uh, Tim so... does black nerd problems ring a bell across the spider verse, black solidarity versus the convenience of allyship. Does that, that might sound be it. Like yeah. It could have been what you read. Could have been it. Yeah. Right. I mean, was it posted like six months ago? I mean, I'm sure that there are, there are several articles about black okay. allyship in this movie. So, yeah um trying to find a publishing date i don't see a date there's no date yeah, whatever that that was is probably at or close to All it right. uh, i would guess um anyways uh and uh hey dave what's your number one thing of the year oh what do you think tim we're on the same page here <laughs> yeah. well it's funny so so i did look at a couple of end of the year lists to see if i had played anything and forgotten about it um mm-hmm. and there did seem to be like there were three games that dominated the tops of everyone's list it was always mm-hmm. Baldur's gate three alan wake two mm-hmm. and tears of the kingdom. tears of the kingdom and tears of yeah. the kingdom is the yeah it is my favorite video game of the year it is what um it is it is my favorite video game since uh breath of the wild (laughs) yeah yeah uh as as we've said uh, as i've said several times i believe on this podcast uh it is the best way for me a person that loved breath of the wild to experience all the best things about breath of the wild again completely afresh Mm -hmm. uh as if for the first time have you finished it yet? Uh, hang on. I don't know if I've finished anything, but... Oh, no. We stopped recording at some point. Um, oh, I might have hit some kind of limit here. Uh, let's, Your say. file size got too big. My file size Well, the good news big. is there's a, there's a Twitch archive I can download. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, no, it's not. Right. It's not gone. I'm. I. I didn't even panic at all from that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I was like, cool. Yeah. All right. Like, oh no. So, up, like so. everyone's chill. All right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Oh no. It's like. Oh no. I'll just download that Twitch archive. Yeah. And, and yeah. It'll be that. fine. We've yeah. had to do okay. that before. Yeah. We've had, we've had to do that. Oh, okay. For sure. Um, I'm recording again, so we'll 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 see if I can sync those up later in post. Anyway, I really didn't think Tears of the Kingdom could do the Breath of the Wild thing all over again. But it, and I Who didn't did? think that I didn't think that like a few hours into playing the game, I was like, I was like, this is feeling too samey. This is the same shit, different day. This is not hitting <laughs> me the same way that other one did. And then it's just like it was, it was, you know, I've talked about it before that whole, you know, going to the northwest, uh, the the Rito mm-hmm. village mm-hmm. area and like going up that snowy mountain and then just like keep going up and up and up and like oh i'm ascending into the sky now and now i'm going even higher and now i'm on this boat that's like way up there like that became my launching point like after i finished that temple it was like okay well in this area i can go up to this extremely high point and start gliding over and just like kind of fly over to this area and just like skydiving from there to wherever I wanted to go, which is something that would start repeating a cycle that would start repeating the rest of the game. And that like, I would find my way up to some very high place and I'd be like, well, this is now a new launching point up here. You'd find a, 
a shrine in the sky and it's like yeah. well i'm gonna teleport up there and i'm gonna jump the fuck off yeah um yeah and it's just like i well, see I, a dragon flying over there i need a scale yeah. but i need to be higher to intercept where that dragon's gonna be i'm mm-hmm. gonna warp to a to a shrine in the sky where i know i can dive down and for yeah. me it was for me it was diving off of the um the 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 first central sky island into the world mm-hmm. below and seeing like everything from the first game is there it's all still there and like, even though I knew it intellectually going in, seeing it and diving down into it and, and you get there and it's all still there, but things have changed. Like it, the immensity, the scale of it was impressed upon me right then. Yeah. Well, it, mm, uh, kind of, but it was like, really, you know, it's like pretty early on, I took a dip down into the depths and I was like, what the fuck is this? I don't like because Nintendo didn't say shit about it before the game came out. Yeah. And I went down there and I'm like, what is all this? Like, should I be down here? Like, what's going on? You wound up there I before the game I directed you there? Um, I saw a hole and I went down there. <laughs> I saw a hole. Like, I, 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 I ended up going, I, I don't remember exactly. I, I went down there, like, before I went to, like, the northwest. Okay, like, yeah. I was just kind of like poking around Hyrule Field. I'm like, okay, what's this like hole here? And nobody was telling me to go down it, but I'm just like, well, I'm going to see what's going to happen. And I just jumped in and I went down there. So like, I didn't have the quest that said, oh, we're exploring the depths. Go check this out. That guides you in any way, shape or form. I just dove in and I was kind of like, oh, this is like weird and crazy. And it was like, you know, gradually I I kept poking around more and more. And like, as that piece of the game started to unravel, like more and more and more. And I was just like, Oh, this is like a whole world map under the world map. This is like a, com- an, a complete additional thing to explore and find new stuff. Like it's just like, so there's three floors to this game and it's just like insane. Like so what are I, they doing? I, <laughs> yeah. So I, after first leaving the sky, I mm-hmm. went, I, I, I kind of followed the game's general direction and I went to uh, Castletown, Hyrule yeah. Castletown. And on the way, I discovered a cave. And so that's when I was, and so that's when I was like, oh, there's even more on the, I hadn't even, I didn't even know what the depths were yet, but I found a cave mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, there's a whole thing, situation going on underneath the game map, just under the skin <clears throat> here. How cool is that? And then like, I could see that there were these holes that were the depths, but I could also see that they were surrounded by gloom. And so I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, that's going to be something for later in the game because I don't, I can't touch that gloom. It's going to hurt me. Um, and so, so then the, when you get there and they're like, oh, no, you should go south, just south of Hyrule Field. There's a big hole down there and there's some guys investigating it. And they're like, yeah, go down there. And, and then you do And then I'm like, so the caves wasn't even the undergrad. The caves is just like the caves in this game is just you lifting up the carpet of the skin of the world and going underneath, but you're still above the world's crust here. Then you go down even further. And then, and there's this whole other world. It was like, my in-laws tell a funny story about when Jan was little, waking up on Christmas morning, opening her whole stocking and saying, look what Santa brought me, not even realizing there were more presents than that. <laughs> it was just about, this. for me, the caves were the stocking and me thinking <laughs> that was it. And then there were the depths and I'm like, oh shit, there's presents. Oh shit, there's presents. So yeah, it's just this whole game, like my 
path in this game was just going like up and down and up and down and over here and just like turning it on and being like, okay, where, where am I going to go? Like looking at my map or looking around where I was and just being like, okay, just where am I going to wander and get something done today? And the abilities they give you are just crazy. Um, You know, you don't like weapon degradation ceases to be a problem when you can just stick two things together and have like a new fun weapon. Yeah. Um, There's so many toys to play with so many monster horns and talons and things and and, things that you can attach to stuff. Yeah. And obviously all the, the, like the mechanical things you can build, um, being able to just jump up through things is, you know, possibly the most insane thing in the game. Really. Once you get used to using it, it's like, there's a ceiling there. I can go through that. Yeah. Like, it's just a way you don't think about playing games and apparently like wasn't something they intentionally designed into the game either. It was like a debug tool (laughs) that they were using while making it. And somebody made the pitch like, this is fun. We should just put it in the game and give it to the player. <laughs> and then they did like, and had to then probably redesign the entire game around the fact that you could just jump up through things, yeah. including large enemies. Yeah. You can just jump up the butts of like giant rock guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it is as, uh, it, it is as significant a shift in thought as as the the paraglider was in Breath of the Wild, which itself was revolutionary. The idea of just, I'm going to climb up to this great height, and then from there I'm going to glide down and and traverse this great distance. Like, being able to navigate the world in that way with just that sense of verticality was pretty mind-blowing. And then to integrate this now, the fact that you can just warp upward, like if there's something above you, you can get up there as long as there's something above you. And so then you're constantly (laughs) like you are hyper, you've got this new new situational awareness of what the world means to you uh, in terms of your being able to traverse it. Um, Yeah, this game is a goddamn miracle. The only knock against it is that I think you necessarily have to play Breath of the Wild first mm. because I think it it really does take all of the skills that you learn in Breath of the Wild and builds on them to a significant degree. And I'm sure you probably I think a video, you know, any experienced modern day video gamer could probably pick up Tears of the Kingdom and have a good time with it. But I don't know why you would. Yeah. Um, I just feel like if you're going, if you play Tears of the Kingdom first, you go back to Breath of the Wild, like those abilities have to feel like sticks and stones, yeah. just baby toys yeah. compared to what they give you in Tears of the Kingdom. Like, yeah. Like. <laughs> and yet Breath of the Wild is so huge and so expensive yes. and so amazing. Yeah. Like that's the magic trick is that Tears mm-hmm. of the Kingdom in no way negates all the amazing stuff that Breath of the Wild does. It just adds to it and builds onto it. And Breath of the Wild on its own is still fantastic. But yeah, you should not play them out of order <laughs> yeah. by any means. Um, yeah. yeah, it is an amazing video game. It is astonishing that Nintendo has capped the Switch's life with this amazing work, with this just mm-hmm. mind-blowingly deep, immersive, ex- expansive, massive game world uh, to explore. And it's wonderful. I love it. I tried to roll credits on it. 
over the past two weeks. I tried. Lord, how I tried. I, you get to Hyrule <laughs> Castle, and I'm like, oh, wait, shit, no, I need to go back and pack some food. Oh, you know what else I need? I better go pack some other stuff. And then I got detoured by seven other things, and then 12 more hours go by. <laughs> and I'm no closer to beating the game. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a right. hell of a game. All right. Weiss, please give us the final word. Oh, oh right. Uh, cause I do both. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot you only do the one, uh, game. Of course I didn't have much to choose from, but it did make me feel better to see it pop up on, uh, at least one list is, uh, the bomb rush cyber funk. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had a great time playing that game and I beat it, which I can't say for any other game <laughs> <laughs> that came out in 2023. Um, not only is it a great feeling spiritual successor that you know it it rolled in both jet set and jet set future mm. um uh it still felt like its own thing uh in its own weird way uh particularly it's it's weird in a way that games aren't written like this anymore story <laughs> like that's great it let itself just be odd um it felt great to walk into an area um, when the music hits in the first the first time you enter any area. It just feels right. It feels like the right moment to just hop on the first thing that you see. Um, it integrates, you know, tricks and scores into uh, the system. It. It simplified the graffiti without it feeling dumb, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, and it, it's it's just a cool world to skate around it. Like, I really just, whenever I wasn't playing, I was thinking about hopping back in there, which uh, is the first thing I look for, really. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, as somebody who bikes around, like, uh, I don't know if you guys know jetsetradio.live uh it is a online radio station that plays uh jet set music but it also it plays a lot of stuff that's influenced by uh jet set so it's got like crazy taxi soundtrack it's got seasonal themes it's 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 my i don't know what i want to listen to right now thing uh but they also have bomb funk uh soundtrack on that and that is something that is very fun to bike around a city to. Uh, mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. In a year full of like soundtracks that are specifically made to bike places too, <laughs> for whatever reason, Spider-Verse uh, and others and Turtles. Uh, but yeah, it uh, was a game that I was looking forward to and I actually splurged on for once uh, and had a good old time. Um and movie wise, uh, you know, whenever there's a, a Japanese animation about death and art, <laughs> I tend to like it. So, yeah, I gave this one to the boy in the heron. Mm. Uh, I prefer the how do you live title. <laughs> I feel like mm. that that makes a lot more sense with this movie. But, uh, yeah, it really resonated with me, not only in terms of like the touching on past Miyazaki stuff, but also like it's, I don't know, like it, it, Miyazaki is such a part of his movies now. Like I I feel like most people have seen 
memes for sure, but at least like maybe some documentaries. And he kind of has this like grumpy Werner Herzog kind of like personality (laughs) in a lot of this stuff. But he's also like weirdly caring and like seeing how he he's a guy who clearly doesn't care about legacy, but cares about the things he makes and seeing him go, well, what's going to happen to my stuff when I'm gone? Does it matter? Do I care? Do I pass it on? Um, and seeing uh, him work on this for a good years with uh, some people he hasn't worked with before as somebody who's usually very, uh, I'm the only one that's going to do this. And, and seeing those personalities kind of come out like um apparently a lot of the models like noses differ throughout the movie because it's just who's drawing them and stuff like that yeah um and and i don't know like the the text and the subject like the the story of the kid was interesting enough to me like i i like that the you know he's not your normal Miyazaki like protagonist. Like he's got a little bit of, uh, you know, the self-harm side, you know, like he's self-destructive and you see where he's like coming from, um, as well as like all the layers. And it's, you know, it's, it's the most expensive Japanese movie and it looks at (laughs) like, uh, just the the fire effects from the beginning onward. Um, yeah, I was just very, very into the story. The music is still stellar once again. Not even a question. Uh, and it, if nothing else, it brings me back to, like, years ago seeing movies like that. Like, it, it felt like seeing a new Miyazaki. Like, and one from, like, 10... 20 years ago. Like there's not many movies that can like really like transport you back where it's like, Oh, this is handmade animation, like traditional handmade animation that still has a lot of impact. Um, yeah. And, uh, and it was still weird and it was still (laughs) got to be like, it's a straightforward story, but also has, you know, parrot Kings and, uh, and not only parrot Kings, but you, you know, we get to see the birds shit and like <laughs> it's on the surface. That's funny. But also you're going like, oh, yeah, those guys are drawing that. And that's there for a reason. Uh, and just like how he can introduce that gaggle of old women at the beginning and go like, oh, they're all very distinct. Oh, instantly. I know who these people are without them mm-hmm. saying a word. And stuff like that. Just the visual storytelling is so good. Uh, so makes a good movie. <laughs> what can he I say? He makes a good movie. He mm-hmm. makes a good movie. A lot has been said about this movie at this point. Mm. But well, I now yeah, cannot so, wait um, to see this movie. Um, yeah, it's good. Can't believe it never occurred to me to just take my kids to see this movie. It's playing in theaters. <laughs> I mean, I can just take my family to see it. They'll all love it. <laughs> that's. I, I'm I'm glad to hear that it can be for kids because like between yeah this and uh, the Wind Riser are both you know more mature themes 
But it did, and that's the thing is, it didn't occur to me too. It's just like, oh, of course, this still appeals to kids too. It's still a kid's mm. journey, like yeah. it's still told through that point of view. So, yeah, that's that's great to hear. And let me let me know what you think yeah, on absolutely. that. But yeah, this this was one of those things where it's just like, oh, there's a new Miyazaki movie. He's been working on it eight years. Well, that'll probably be my <laughs> top movie. Like that's that's hard to fight. <laughs> Yeah. All right. And that is good. Yeah, do we it. made it. I know we lost our steam. <laughs> yeah. We lost Getting a little there. audio too, but we'll recover that from the Twitch stream yeah. and stitch it'll all that come in back together. And, yeah. 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 What a year. What a, a podcast. Lot of year. I don't know oh, what a podcast. How they always end up being so long, but we manage no. it every year. I thought, I th- really thought we were on pace for it to be way shorter when we finished the first bunch of categories. And yeah, I was like, too. oh yeah. man, like, man, it feels like we're flying through this. And then suddenly it's like, how the fuck is it like 1130? And we like, how did this happen? Well, I was going to, I was going to suggest something, but I, th- I think the thing is we all have different things to talk about. Like yeah. if we yeah. had more overlap, we could condense it. But yeah. generally we all have 10 different things, 10 to 20 different things. So yeah it's tricky yeah hopefully it was fun for y'all audience yeah. Yeah, thanks for letting us be <laughs> long-winded and and uh giving uh oh, i'm too tired <laughs> hopefully we found some stuff to check out uh next stop uh even though it is magfest for two of the three of us yeah um, i lost some money <laughs> yeah, i can't do yeah. it i tried i tried i was on track <laughs> <did. for> <laughs> um uh yeah, I'm sure the yeah, if if you've looked in if you peeked at the guidebook, you already knew that. Magfest hasn't officially announced us yet, but it's in the guidebook. So yeah, it's like Oh, okay. The schedule's out there. Yeah. So Dave's Good. Dave if you got you gotta get there on Thursday to yeah. see Dave's workshop. Yeah. About yeah. being a, a voice actor in that There's little Dave, booth man. to his uh right there. Um at that very station. Uh Dave's voice acting one, but then Saturday there will be an improv, and Saturday there will be a name that tune, and uh, yeah, yeah. it's going to be great. We'll be there. Going to be awesome. Come and join us. Yeah, I mean, if you haven't made Magfest plans three weeks out, you're. I'm guessing you're not going. (laughs) Really, honestly, at this point, like this is new. If it's like you were sitting there wondering if, like, oh man, if X Strike were going, I would go, and they didn't. Yeah, I. Yeah, no, if you haven't made plans to do it by now, if you just show up at the Gaylord and just say, like, oh, we know uh, X Strike Studios, just tr- yeah. well, try that. Give try me a room. Yeah. <laughs> Film it. <laughs> show us what happens. Because <laughs> we know that no one there knows who we are anymore either. Yeah. And so, um, all right. Well, you know what? We should I bet you our tonight. panels are going to be well attended, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Please attend our panels. Um, thanks so much for listening, everyone. We have been your hosts. Uh, yeah. Your Fat Gatsby, Triple Radio, X-Strike Studios hosts. It's time now for we're us gonna to go to bed. bed. Yep. Now we're going to go to bed. Uh, good night. Happy New Year. See you in 2024. Peace. Bye. Stop streaming. Peace. Stop. Stop.